0: Yes, hello. I am James Rowland, and today it's the WNR 487. It's New Japan's G1 Climax 33, and I'm not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by our resident NXT expert and New Japan daily. It is, of course, Monty. How's it going,
1: man? Oh, man. on well. I'm happy to be back. Uh, making my uh, Finally, honestly, I have the worst timing. We'll talk about this in a minute, why my timing is so bad when it comes to this, uh, just finally getting the G1 content out of here. But I've been, I've been, uh, I, I stayed up on it. It's the most exciting time of the year for us New Japan fans, right next to Wrestle Kingdom. So, yeah, I'm, I'm honored and always happy to be here and join you here talking about, still my favorite promotion, even with every everybody hitting on all cylinders right now. I still get some of the most enjoyment out of New Japan. and The G1 is a big reason why.
0: And we couldn't do it without you. And you've joined us, or joined me even For the past few months, even with our New Japan catch up, you're responsible for the reason why I've decided to watch it. Well, it seems monthly now, and I don't know how I found the time, but like I said, it is really enjoyable. We're going to get into that, and of course, we're live now as we speak. And we've just, like, literally about 10 minutes ago, just seen the tweet from AW about uh, CM Punk being released. It was Monty. Wow, we were jinx. Like, not only do we ruin <laughs> emotions, we ruin people, but we are going we are to do a double this weekend. Um, so because of people, I also have complained that we are not doing it regularly. If we only did two podcasts in August, it's my fault. I do apologise. I was away for a week and also technical difficulties as well. We are trying to be... You know, <laughs> it's difficult, like I said, with the amount that we've got going on in real life, let alone uh, with wrestling, you know, but we're trying to be more consistent. We're going to do a double this weekend, so it means we are going to do a W all-in review tomorrow night because, of course, that was last week. Doesn't How long ago does that seem now, Monty? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, the Wembley show last week with everything that's going on, it's Like the, the the world of wrestling just keeps on giving, doesn't it, you know?
1: Yeah, man, the biggest show ever, man. Nine, You know, 81,000 people, you guys were a part of history, you know, something that has never happened before, and like you said, we just keep on ticking in the wrestling world, whether it's the news, whether it's the actual shows, it just constantly keeps going. Obviously, I, I, I felt like we said this about last year with Vince quitting or <laughs> retiring and all of this, but... Really, every year since we've been doing the podcast, we got a lot of bad luck. We also got a lot of good luck, man, because wrestling has been on fire since me and you have been working together. If we're being honest,
0: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, actually that is true. Like this boom period is down to us working together and nothing else.
1: Yeah, yes, pat ourselves and, on the back. Yeah, no, and,
0: no one else. Just a... NXT has been <laughs> affected, but all the other promotions are smashing it. You know, like and, and they're right. the record now anyway. So.
1: And they're turning it around. You know, I've seen a lot of more positive things about what NXT has been doing. So it's been cool to watch that. When you think about the 2.0 days and everyone wants to take the piss out of it. So it's awesome to uh, see that that's even turning around. Like, that's how long we've been doing this. We've watched NXT, you know, be a little shit for a while and then pick itself back up. We've seen AEW basically you know from its inception and uh like in the pandemic some of the hardest wrestling that we've ever watched from May roster and AEW to just again a wrestling boom eight, 81,000 people in Wembley and just drama and just just again wrestling is on fire in so many ways it's incredible to think about really
0: right out uh, and we got <laughs> i think again, it doesn't stop cuz we got Payback tonight and of course All Out tomorrow night We'll do payback predictions at the end of the show. We are going to look at the G1 episode like of New Japan. But because we haven't done a show in the past uh, three weeks, of course, some horrible news in the wrestling world uh, was, well, first off, everybody think found out due to a tweet from Triple H saying he just received a call from Hall of Famer Mike Rotunda who informed us the tragic news that a W family member for life, Wyndham Rotunda, also known by unexpectedly passed away earlier today, uh, thoughts with family ask someone to respect their privacy. Now, man, this was just a shock because you know when kind of like wrestlers go away from certain points uh, in time. It, first and foremost, it was just a, I think the shock was was the main thing I dealt with, and then looking at who the wrestler was as himself it, with Bray Wyatt and being. Who he was, and kind of even personally for me. I mean, Monty, what were your thoughts when you heard this? Because this is kind of like the worst news, and we talked about on like some Slam ninety two pod that wrestlers don't really die young, and this was kind of an exception because, like I said, thirty six years old uh, died of a heart attack as well. This was just horrible.
1: Yeah, man, that's a tragedy. Heartbreaking is the main first thing that comes to mind for me. You know, I, I again, this is back to what I was saying about my timing. I had just worked up, finally got a chance to record my final, my d one final thoughts and I put it out and literally not 30 minutes after I find, I released the episode. I look online and everyone is talking about this and I didn't believe it at first. Just like you just shocked. Like, Oh no, they, they, something's wrong. Whatever. They're not. But then immediately the first thing with my mind was that, Oh, I did read that the illness he dealt with was very serious, life threatening even. I mean, that was a report that I, that I read before. That he was, you know, who who knew what was going on. But I also read that he was working his way back, so it was kind of, you know, again, just sad and just a tragedy. And uh, and, and not to even th- think mention just how much I love Bray Wyatt, not only as a character as a wrestler, but you know, me again as a a guy who's who's been a big guy for most of my life. I will adopt all the big guys. Some more, like I said, some more Joe made me want to wrestle, you know, and all this. So it's not even just about his size, but. He was just so much more than just what he was as a wrestler, or what he could do in the ring, the character work, the way he could reinvent himself. You know, uh, I know Chris Jericho get a lot of credit and a lot of love, as he deserves, for always being able to change and reinvent himself. Bray Wyatt is a guy who who could go um, completely left, whether the booking was always there or not. He always had a creative mindset that made his characters completely unique completely different, and they always stuck with you. Uh, like in January in the Royal Rumble, he was one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why I happily bought a ticket. I was so happy to see him and finally see him in a return match in the, on that platform, you know, after him uh, being gone away from the company. So uh, just, again, the turnaround with all of this, when you think about just it, not how that didn't feel like it was that long ago, him with, with L.A. Knight. So it's just it's, it's, it's insane. I still have not wrapped my head around it. You know, and and it's just, it's so tough, man. I just, I, and then I immediately start thinking about his family and those kids and JoJo and just, again, it's just, we know, that's another thing. You talk about 92, well, you didn't even really know wrestlers much past their characters Mm. back in the day. Now we get such of an insight into their families. Bo Dallas is one of my favorite wrestlers. I got a, I have, I'm very biased towards Bo Dallas, so I felt immediately bad for him. I love the Wyatt family all the way back from NXT. So again, it's just, it, it, again, my heart was just broken into so many pieces because, like you said, you're not used to seeing a guy not only that young, but a guy you watched b- become what he became and thought he had so much more left to do. You know, so, it's, you know, it's just kind of like with Brody Lee, it just just really took your breath away. Like, oh, my God, he was just doing something special. And again, even, people can say whatever they want to say about Bray's last incarnation of a character. He still, I don't, who knows where that could have been going. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, again, it's just sad, very, very sad. and It's heartbreaking. It's always heartbreaking when we lose a member of the wrestling family. But when it's like this, it's just, it's, it's completely different. It was just a tragedy.
0: Well, this is the thing. First off, you know, Wyatt had four children, including two with his fiancee, JoJo Offerman. So, like, so they the first thoughts there. On a, even like a selfish level, personal level, myself, as a wrestling fan, as you know, Monty, you go through stages and you pick up favourites to kind of follow uh, through the kind of wrestling scene. Right. I always remember being a huge fan of, like, CM Punk. And then, you know, when he was going to go away and, you know, walked out as we know over the Rumble, weirdly speaking about him now, it was the Whites versus the Shield at Chamber that kind of not only, weirdly enough, brought my love back for wrestling, but kind of gave me the idea to maybe do a podcast. You know, it was, I think it was a year later that I started doing a show. And that was, you know, because of these young guys. And like we talk about Luke Harper, you know, Brody. it's it's weird because we heard those kind of rumours about maybe issues, but maybe not even as much, you know. So I think that's why it was such a surprise. And when you think, you know, for being around in 2009 and then he debuted for the new Nexus as Husky Harris, which, you know, to get given... That gimmick and to go away to FCW and developmental and create this kind of Bray Wyatt character that we saw in NXT, you know, I, I even thinking, oh, what does Eric Redbeard feel like now? You know, to to break yeah, into the business, with two guys, your brothers. Oh man, it's just it doesn't bear thinking about. You know, it's it's just it, it is. In a lot of people said, oh, before his time, but if you think about what Bray accomplished in in that time. You know, with the Wyatt family, uh, you know, with Braun Strowman's introduction, it, at the Firefly Funhouse, like those gimm- I was, you know, in the O2 watching Raw, and I think those backstage segments had bigger reactions than most wrestlers coming out, you know, which kind of showed you yes. uh, just the kind of genius. And again, Monty, again, you seeing him at the Royal Rumble, which was his last pay-per-view appearance now, is just, must be so kind of, you know, it's not even a good thing to say because we wanted him to have many more kind of moments like that, and we just felt he was right. getting started again after being re-signed. And this is that's a completely selfish, you. You know, like thinking what could he yeah. have accomplished in the next five or ten years. I always thought personally as well he was on that level with a Roman Reigns, you know, and it could be depending Agreed. on the booking, you know.
1: I agree, and, like, he was that next level. It's not even just – a lot of people always want to lump him in with the Undertaker or, like, a monster character, but he was more than that, you know what I'm saying? Like, he told stories, and I think Bray Wyatt is a big reminder that, you know, again, I'm not saying anything wrong with being a five-star match guy or caring about quality. Of course, I'm into that too, but I do think it's so much more – it's just wrestling is just so much more than just what they do in the ring, and I think Bray Wyatt was always bigger than that. He just showed you that character work. Really can stick with it because, like you said, he what he accomplished in the amount of time that he accomplished, and then you just measure that up to what he means to people. Do you know? Uh, it was a lot of casual people that I know who don't keep up with wrestling when they heard this news, just couldn't believe it because, again, he was one of those guys that, like you said, like a Roman Reigns, like uh, what the shield was, uh, in, entirely, or just some of these newer faces that may not be the crossover sensation that, that like Austin and The Rock that some of us grew up with but they caught people's attention when people would actually pay attention to wrestling the last few years before, you know, a lot of things started, the quality of everything in the booking started to become questionable. So again, it didn't matter what, what incarnation of me it was. And like you said, me being there for something that I, of course, did not have any clue would be his last match. Uh, you know, again, I, I just, I, it's, it's really, really, I, I, I cherish the, the clips of his interest. I loved. It. By the way, that night I fell in love with the new intro song. Yeah, now, when yeah. I now I, I was playing the new intro song throughout the week, and it's just I still love it, but it makes me sad. Same thing with hearing the old bass line or the Wyatt family. It's just like a lot of people have been playing, and uh, you know, I saw that that was actually trending on the charts the day after he passed away. That uh, "Living Fear" was uh, was doing well, and it's just like so iconic. Like I get it matter of fact, all his theme songs were pretty great under the Bray White market, but, <laughs> but besides that's, it... That's the thing. Like, like, yeah, like, it's the little thing.
0: Yeah, but, like, I play a lot like 2K, and even with the, yeah, the new yeah. download with Bray, like, I played it last night and got chills watching Bray's yeah. entrance. And that's not just a video game. Do you know what
1: I mean? Like, yeah. chills
0: on a video <laughs> game. Like, let alone... Exactly. You know, like, I just... Man.
1: Yeah, and it's the same. And Like you said, feeling selfish. Like, I... I wanted this not only because I was a big fan of Bray, but also, again, bringing up Bo Dallas again and knowing that he would get a chance to finally work. A lot of times for uh, people who just knew that who Bo was and they spent years kind of just not really acknowledging each other on the main roster, I just couldn't wait to see what, you know, what him and his brother could do under the same type of mantra. Was a new group forming? What Would we have this? Like, just so many unanswered questions. That as a fan, selfishly, you wonder about, but you know, again, I immediately just started to think back and just be like, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm still grateful for everything and just how you know how impactful he was and like like you said, uh, he just he he changed he, him him the Wyatt family changed the way you it's a great I'm glad you pointed that out. You know he him the Shield they kind of picked the things up for wrestling fans right after Punk left because a lot of people didn't really have much reason. You know, I, as much as I like Cena and all of that, you know, I, I know a lot of people at the time, you know, once CM Punk kind of faded away and you knew, you didn't know what, the, the company was on shaky ground. And the Shield and the Wyatt family picked up that slack. And, you know, guys like that, to, to the way they just kind of made everything feel different and special it was, just, it was just, it was unbelievable. And I just, again, I, I again, I'm just very thankful that I was able to enjoy him when i did but again i think that just it, it really teaches me a lesson to just not only how short life is but when you go to these shows like i told you guys before all in you know go out there and no matter what you feel about the booking or the show the match there and have the time of your life try to enjoy it as much as you can because you never know you just never know if if you're watching your favorite wrestlers or one of your favorite wrestlers last time out there for whatever reason and it's just like I said, I look at that L.A. night match as way more special than I ever would have. Yeah. And it's sad that I have to do it that way because, again, I know, I know we all wanted more. But at the same time, I'm just very proud that I that I can say that I was able to at least witness him. Uh, as a matter of fact, a few times I was able to, to uh, witness his interest and in all of that. You know, because I remember, uh, I I want to say he was, what was he doing? Was it WrestleMania? Uh I think, no, and that in WrestleMania 34, I think he was still teaming with Matt. But even then, I was very grateful to see him live. Then, the few times I've got a chance to see him live, uh, he always left a great impression, was always fun to watch. I seen him at a couple of live events, too, a few years back. So, again, it's just, again, you don't know it when you're going to watch him or you're just going to go watch a show. You just think, oh, it's just a wrestling show. But yeah, always cherish these experiences. And the same thing goes when you're watching at home, because, again, it's the same thing. So, yeah, man. Uh, it, this was just really heartbreaking. It still hurt my heart. I know WWE put up this 35 minute uh, video of everyone sharing stories, and I just don't have the heart to watch it yet. I'm going to watch it. I have to, but I just, I just, I just can't yet. It just it was tough enough hearing the tweets and looking at Big E's story. I telling Big E was telling a lot of good stories about Wyndham. It was just again getting to know the person. That's always the most heartbreaking part when a lot of this stuff happens. Same thing happened to me. I, yeah, I keep comparing it to Brody because it's kind of sudden in a similar way like Brody but yeah Brody was the same way like to hear everyone tell you just how great a guy Brody was and what you know you know in all of that and the memories that everyone had and how hurt a lot of our favorite wrestlers were were around that it. it's just again it, it, it's really really telling for how good how good of a person the bray Wyatt and Brody Lee and if it's one thing I, I did say about that, like you said how rare be fear, Feel I can only imagine. It's, it's horrible to think about it. But it, you can always just kind of be like, well, at least they are together. You know, Bray has some really poignant words about depth when uh, when Brody Leaf passed. So, you know, I, I like to think they're looking down right next to each other. Yeah. And they're looking down on all of us. And they know how much they meant to us as fans. Because at the end of the day, that's, that's – when, when they go out there and they do it, you know, they do it for, for us and for our entertainment. And again, it was just a pleasure. I, that's a, that's, the, that's what I've said, then. it was it was a pleasure.
0: Well, that's I say, like you said, the Wyatt family up there now. But again, it's it's weird, especially with wrestling. I think more than anything else, because you have such an emotional investment in the talent, yeah, know, and even monetary investment. Like John Cena was on SmackDown, you know, it's like you when you've got your favorite, you don't mind into him. And and again, my I, I love the Undertaker, but I think Bray Wyatt is another thing. We like the figures, you know, the, and the stuff that I've got of him, with the pops. It is probably more because of how iconic it is, like you said, with The Fiend. Uh, even, like you know, the, the kind of elite. I've got one of him being burned after WrestleMania, which we were joking at the time, but what other kind of wrestler could kind of get away with that, you know? Um, and like you said, we're hearing about from other wrestlers just how... Uh, nice and popular he was, you know, with Alexa Bliss and Big Ears, you mentioned. Cody's tweet of power and endless love to your family, Rest Cowboy, kind of broke me as well. It was uh, really, really tough. And like I said with Bray, he may be a one-time WWE champion, two-time Universal champion, but he did leave an indelible mark on the industry and clearly meant so much to everybody involved. The first active wrestler to die on the main roster since... Chris Benoit Monty, you know, so already ground, as WWE would say. We are going back, (laughs) we are going back a long time, you know. So, this is how big a shock it is, you know. Um, And finally, I think, you know, we'll leave it there at the moment. But I I saw this from uh, Bray Wyatt, and I thought this is kind of the best thing uh, to, to finish it on. It says, If you need me, I ain't hard to find. All you gotta do is look up in the sky and follow the buzzards. Rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. Uh so now we're gonna try and talk about New Japan Bonte, uh, and try and I'll say cheer us up a little bit because we're <laughs> celebrating obviously with Bray Wyatt, but we have got the G One. We had a couple of um shows before this, as you know, we try and catch up with New Japan. They had an Independence Day uh card, which was of course July fourth and it, Bullet Club uh, got a couple of wins on the card. Alex Coglin and Game Kid picked up tag gold as they de- defeated Hiroku Goto and Yoshihashi of Bishman to win the strong openweight tag team titles. Uh, so, I mean, and then they picked up more gold when Clark Collars and Driller Maloney overcame Akira and TJP to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. So... I mean, this is big for Bullet Club. They're gaining a bit of momentum now, aren't they? You know, especially with these wins, even maybe not in Japan, but definitely in America at this point.
1: Yeah, I think what they did the most uh, is, is establish the War Dogs as more than just a name, you know, and more than just new guys. When they just popped up on the stage next to day, Finley, and some people didn't know who the hell some of them were. <laughs> uh, it was just, you know, all right, who are these guys? Whatever. Now you give them uh, not only feats, but you show what they're capable of you know first of all as much as i, I don't mind uh the strong tag titles being passed from goto cuz i don't think goto and yoshihashi needed it man i honestly i don't think those bills need to exist anymore at all but honestly <laughs> if, if we're getting if we're getting people over with them i I won't complain i won't complain and as far as drill and maloney i mean uh yeah yeah as far as them the those guys uh the junior tag team title match uh, again, uh, uh, not really what I was expecting because again, Catch Twenty Two has just been uh, really on top of their game. Who knows? We may revisit this again down the line. It's usually how it goes, but I did think that, I did think it was a really good move again to kind of establish the War Dogs as you know serious contenders and seri- people to be you know that are forced to be reckoned with, especially when you have so many of them already not only in the G One. But you also had a lot of them have a you had both pretty much a good showing from a from Maloney and everyone uh, in the special the Super Junior too. So you want to continue to establish them, give them something. Now, not, on, not only do they have the belts, but they have the bragging rights that you know. Okay, we're here and we're not just you. Know, you, you, you come in, they debut and they lose. What does that do for them? They already yeah. new faces. You know what I mean? So I thought that was a smart move.
0: Well, on the second night, we had two title changes as well because Julia defeated Willow Nightingale for the NJPW Strong Women's Championship, and Eddie Kingston defeated Kenta to win this Strong Openweight Championship as well. Uh, and again, good news for Eddie, first time winning gold. Why has AEW not done this? And it showed as well how much it meant to Eddie. He <laughs> really enjoyed it. It's like New Japan going, fuck you, AEW, which I think they did a few times, you know, on this show. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, it's like AW. Look at look at what you got here, man. He's a champion. He's worthy. I think, like you said, everyone else can see it, that Eddie Kirk Kingston is worthy of winning one of these big things. And I really hope Tony is smart enough to realize that that's probably where the Claudio feud should end. It should end with Eddie Kingston with another title, but we'll see uh, if he decides to actually pull the trigger. Or he's going to keep, you know, just. Making them chase each other <laughs> for the next few <laughs> months or whatever. However, they, however we keep this going, yeah. I guess you never know with Tony; it can go forever. It's going uh... be main event for twenty twenty four.
0: That's
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, yeah, a year or some change of a build, but yeah, yeah uh, no, Eddie Kingston is special, and you can tell he really loves Japan. I think that's the reason why he he gets that that booking decision to go his way is because of how much how much respect he not only have for Japan. Japanese for wrestling, pro wrestling in general, but he just, you could just tell it just means something to them. It's not just a match. It, it, like I said, it is the realest. So he makes everything feel legit. And uh, I think his reaction after winning the title was a legitimate one. And I, I think it was really, really cool. And him and Kenta had a pretty solid match too. You know, at this point, Kenta is very hit or miss with whether or not he's going to give you, <laughs> <laughs> give you a good performance. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Kingston got a pretty good match out of him. And Julia, by the way, someone I told you guys about from Stardom. Like I said, one of my favorites. I don't even get to have to watch Stardom enough, but she is special. So her beating Willow Nightingale, even though it was a shock, because you know, you would expect Willow to keep it maybe for Mercedes. But honestly, the the people online have been making the. The dream match for Mercedes and uh, Julia for a long time. So we just if we're trying to get to that, hopefully, then I'm down. I'm definitely down for that. And Julia can have whatever belt she wants. She is that good. And I just hope that uh, now that she's coming to America more and all of that, she's expanding her fan base. A lot of people get to see why she's so special. And uh, as far as I know, she's still carrying the flag for Stardom. So, but she's she's. Hey, whenever, whenever a Joshi wrestler starts to, uh, you know, come become into more international. Um, you got to believe Triple H is looking. But <laughs> well, this is the thing, and, and again, Tony too for that, man.
0: Not to complain, loads of great talent, but New Japan, man, I'm already dealing with lots and lots of events, so <laughs> you chucking in this kind of, and again, I don't know, I'm getting used to it now, it's like, is this an American show? Is this more Japanese? Like I kind of keep up with like
1: the yeah. Japanese stuff, and
0: you know, I have to ask you what's going on, but these ones, like, I have watched the, the main beats, and I'm hoping at the end of the year, to try and go through the events. But, you know, New Japan World do do that. Uh, Do do. They split up the matches (laughs) on Strong uh, where they have a couple of matches every week. But, obviously, I want to watch the main card. So, we're not there. We're going to catch up. But we did catch up with G1 Climax 33. And as New Japan Pro Wrestling shifts in a new era, thanks to me and Monty, so does the G1 Climax. 32 men, the biggest field in G1 history. Ten men making their G1 debuts, the most debuts in any single history. 20-minute time limits, which is 10 minutes shorter than usual, thank God. After block play ends, a single elimination tournament with top two finishes in each block. A new G1 format for a new era, but the G1 none. Before I announce the blocks, why is the G1 so important, Monty, in New Japan pro wrestling?
1: I think the best way to put it in terms of people who probably watch WWE for the most part or whatever, or even American wrestling in general, I would say it's kind of like, uh, you know, honestly, you see what NXT doing now. Honestly, I think G1 is catching on by the way. We think we see what they're trying to do with the heritage (laughs) situation. Yeah, man, they're catching on. Uh, But uh, by the way, uh, I think the best way to put it on is like, it's a tournament. Of course, it's like, it's like, the king of the ring, if it was round robin, but if you if you add Royal Rumble stakes, you know what I'm saying. Right. It's a it's is but it's a it's a marathon though. It's a, it's a grueling tournament, and like you said, the 20 minute time limit really saved some people here, not only fans watching, but just wrestlers in general. Because man, if they would have kept it the old time limit with the 32 people, oh my goodness, I don't think I think we would have had multiple people not finishing this tournament <laughs> because it's just. <laughs> That's how grueling this tournament is. It's back-to-back matches. It's, it's legitimate, you know. They don't. They don't. This schedule is not for the weak at heart, you know. Even whether you're a viewer or a wrestler. So, uh, yeah, man, it's the biggest tournament in the world.
0: And I was about to say, I'm not going to say anybody maybe got half through this and gave up, you know, Gina. But uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not one of those. You know, you, you stick by it. and it's hard work. July 15th to August 13th. You know, so it's a long, long time. Uh, so, G1 Climax, A block. You had the New Japan uh, World Champ Sonada, Chase Owens, Renderita, Rennerita, Umina, Yota. Um, how do you pronounce it? Yota. I got, Suji, isn't it? Suji. Is Suji oh? the, I've got your yeah, voice the in my t, head. The t yeah. t is silent. Yeah. Gabe Kidd and yeah. Kato Kimi- uh, Kiyomiya. So, that's A block. I was a little bit disappointed. I'm uh, not gonna lie, that Okada wasn't in that block because he's been talking a lot of shit about the young guys.
1: I agree. It would have been nice to get him there, but I think uh, with the inclusion of Osprey in his block, they wanted to do that, and they didn't. Want, I don't think they wanted it to be so obvious that who would be at the top. I think if Okada was in that block, uh, you know, he would have. It would have been even more obvious than it ended up being, honestly. Uh, <laughs> but because uh, <laughs> it did, it ended up being pretty obvious. But Sonata uh, getting that block, you know, again, I think, honestly, they've been getting a lot of flack, and I don't necessarily agree with it because I think the matches have been great. Even if you don't agree that Sonata's been defending it against the talent that you necessarily want him to defend it against, I think the matches have been pretty good on his reign. But I think this is a way to get Sonata some, uh, you know, to make him look really good as champion because there's been criticism in New Japan on how he's been booked since becoming champion. I don't necessarily think he's been look, he's looked that bad up until some points we'll talk about later. But, uh, yeah, no, he he was pretty strong. Uh, and I think that's what this was about. I think they're trying to – they tried to make Sanada look good and then at the same time make sure they keep the rivalry of Okada and Osprey alive uh, in the next block.
0: But with Sanada, they, they always have the champion in this, didn't they? So, like you said, with, with, where Japan yeah. is a little bit different is the champion has to kind of go – what would happen if the champion yeah. didn't go all the way through and win the tournament? Would he would
1: he be able to decide? So, they would – yeah, he would choose his opponent. That's basically basically the really the only perk. You, you prove that you're by far better than everyone else and <laughs> you get to choose who you want to be. That has, and that has, hasn't happened since the year two thousand.
0: Right, there we go. cool. Uh, do you know who that was?
1: I I used to have his name, but I, I'm not gonna
0: act like I'm I do it off the top it, of my no, head. I don't wanna be that guy. Uh so yeah, a group B block. Uh, with Yoshihashi, Taichi, Kenta, Great Will Ospreay, Tangelo, and El Fantasmo. And like you said, we're getting Will Ospreay versus Okada. That's all I read from that. You know? <laughs> like, I'll be all right. Uh, G <laughs> Climax, C Block, David Finley, Tomohiro Ishii, Evil, Tamatonga, Shingo, Aaron Hanare, Eddie Kingston, and Mikey Nicholas. Uh, and again, a couple of interesting names. Like I said, Mikey Nicholas... Uh, involved there uh, as well, you know. It's it's quite an interesting group, and Finley doing
1: there as well, you know. Yeah, that was the hard hitting group, you know. You uh, got Eddie Kingston, of course, Mikey can hit, and Hanare and Shingo's like, oh man, yeah, they're gonna throw some bombs. And of course, you have Finley, you know, in there, uh, all as well with Thomas. So yeah, uh, very very strong uh, block, and uh, again, it was very interesting to see coming in. What would be the end result? How well would Eddie Kingston be booked? Or what would Shingo do? So I had, I had a lot of questions coming in. Yeah,
0: and then D-Block, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tetsuya Naito. Um, We've got Hiroko go to Zach Sabre Jr., Yanu, Jeff Cobb, Shane haste and Alex Cochlin. And it's great to see Alex Cochlin, because obviously I've seen him strong to actually have an opportunity here. Is that a case more of them trying to young wrestlers? Or is it because maybe the roster's not as deep as it used to be?
1: Well, according to Alice Kaufman himself, <laughs> this is, that spot was meant for Ozzy, Ozzy open. So that might be what he what was going on here. Kyle Fletcher or, or Mark Davis would have been there. But uh in all honesty, I think it was it, it fit really well. It was a great opportunity for him to approve himself because again, this was more so of the old head block, in my opinion, a lot more established. Talent here in this block, like I said, with Naito and Tanahashi and Godo and even Zach. Even though Zach is definitely probably the the more in his prime guy here in this block, and then you got Jeff Cobb, of course, who's an absolute freak of nature. So yeah, man, it was a very interesting block coming into it when you think about everything. And like you said, you kind of had a, also had a young representation with Coughlin in there, so it kind of balanced it out, if you ask me.
0: Another thing I love about the G one. There's lots of things I love. There might be a couple of negatives coming up, Monty, but. I think the thing I found is, I'm, I mean, I've not gone Meltzer on New Japan. You know, I'm not thinking anything is six stars and all this lot. I appreciate uh, most of the things. And there's something I love the press conferences beforehand. You know, these wrestlers coming out and telling us what they're going to do. So in A Block, Sonada started it off uh, saying that he is a champion. He's not going to be arrogant, though. He's the oldest here, but he wrestled with the energy. Of the youngest, uh Shoto said he's thinking about victory. he won't be thinking of this free musketeer thing only wrestling the way he wants to wrestle. uh we see Ren Narita saying, the Noah guy, my peers here, this loud bow foreigner, I'll beat them all Yota suji uh said he was frustrated and took it out of the company, uh which was Noah, of course. He said, uh, just that green matchstick was a little dull, but look, it got everyone talking tomorrow. Try and get the little green matchstick lit. Hikileu, kind of forgot man on it, uh, said, ain't nobody realer. And Chase Owens as well. I was talking about, even if you don't win the tournament, you've got to uh, give the best that you've got. And, of course, Gabe Kib as well, uh, attacking Yota Tsuji and Kato Kimiami. And then the biggest surprise was Kato... Who's saying basically uh he's not really sure what he's gonna do, <laughs> you know he'd say like, he's youngest here, it's his first <laughs> time you know, being here, I'm hoping to try my best, but who knows, and it's like, don't
1: fill me with confidence, Monty, you know <laughs> right, former Noah world champion, just like, ah uh, well, I don't yeah, I'm not sure what I'm gonna do, guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like Noah just told him to show up, and he had no clue <laughs> why he was there. But he did give O'Connor a look, trying to keep that alive, that he still doesn't like O'Connor. O'Connor kind of just shrugged him off, as always. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah, not the best uh, <laughs> just mission statement. <laughs> if I've ever seen that in a
0: big like, this Sunday, I don't think I can beat you. You know, but I'm going to try. Yeah, I
1: don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do.
0: Hopefully, I'll hit a few moves, but who knows? Like, you know. Yeah, who knows what'll happen, guys. Um, (laughs) Block B, Okada, telling us he'd won the last two G1s, but without cheer, so tomorrow bring the noise. Uh, Will Ospreay, I fucking love Will. The thing I love about Will, Monty is that I was brought up with blokes that talk like uh, Will Ospreay. So I, I <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> literally have friends who sound just like him. It's great. Uh, he said that the B block and, uh, the B and B block stands for Billy, and the G stands for Goat, and the G1 is him. Uh, Taichi uh, was saying, love me or hate me, like, share, and subscribe to my YouTube, which, you know, is always good. Uh, we see Kenta talking about, look at my block, so many ugly faces. He won best looking in my block already. <laughs> and again, Kenta, you don't really think of me <laughs> worrying about looks most of the time. Yoshihashi said he was very nervous about saying he didn't wear a suit. He said it would be hot, so a sports jacket and a <laughs> t-shirt would be fine. He said, You know, Monty, people might not like this. You know I love this type of shit. Like, that is literally yeah. the kind of thing I do like. Uh, Tangaloa says, thank you, hear your voices. He appreciates so much. ELP complained about a sore throat and had a prepared statement read that would been emitted for space and bandwidth. Greater calm, no comment. Nice, <laughs> nice and easy there. C-block, <laughs> C-Block got right to it. Tamatonga. he said, last time I was in the New Japan ring, Finley sent me home in a stretcher. Tomohiro Ishii will beat the crap out of everyone. Good. Shingo Time is finally here. Uh, I'm 32 wrestlers, but I'm the toughest, wildest and most energetic. Now, Monty, I love Shingo, but even I don't believe him. It was just, I I don't know what it is about him, but he is not the guy. I'm sure we're going to get more into that as well. Finley talked about (laughs) no one's had the year he's had, took the lead of Bullet Club and formed a team of killers law to him. Can't really argue. Mikey Nichols said it was a great honor to be here. Uh, No shit. (laughs) Talk about maybe got the spot because maybe others didn't. Uh, He'll miss his daughter's birthday to be there, but told him the best birthday present is to bring the G1 trophy. Aaron Hanari uh, told everybody you're going to see a different threat. what you're expecting. Evil. Well, who cares what evil says? And Eddie Kingston, who was late, who showed up late, said he was humbled to be in a tournament, didn't come here to take part. He came here to win and take the trophy back to New York. Finally, Block D, uh, Tanahashi, uh, said the theme for the G1 is change, and he hopes it's not him. <laughs> so I'm hoping I'm not. He's going to win the G1. Tetsuya Naito uh, said the last time was in the finals 2017. And guess who won then? Let's look forward to the summer. Zach Sabre Jr. Maybe the best press conference ever. Just mmm. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, I'll try and do my best. Jeff Cobb promising the victory as well. I love the fact got Gotu started with good evening this year marks twenty years in professional wrestling. Just you know, not many other wrestlers be able to do that. Yanu said they say humans have a ninety minute attention span. So has gone eighty six. So I need to hurry. My attention span is ninety seconds. So I do my best. Shane, <laughs> Shane Haste, Shane Haste in his hat. But oh, anyway, I'm gonna awful. get there. Everyone there is very strong. The block is thick and full of experience. Uh, and then again, all fun, all laughs until Alex Cocklin comes along uh, and says he's been in school for five <laughs> years. Where have I been? Well, I was in the LA dojo. My grandparents died. Didn't ask for time off to go to the funeral. I stayed. I trained. One year later, my um, uh, my uncle. He died. Did I go to the funeral? No, I stayed and trained. When I got the first piece, I wasn't even allowed a pair of free T-shirts for my parents to thank them for standing by me. I wasn't in the lineup. A couple of Aussies leaving for me to finally be in the six-weeks notice. Fuck this. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> and so, like I dug a bit, the second did, I won the titles. I'm not doing this for the trophy. I'm doing this to show that we're here and there's nothing you can do about it. What I will say, step up, Alex Coughlin because man, this was good shit.
1: Yeah, man, it was very, very. Uh, he was very intense, like you said. He changed the whole entire mood of the press conference, and he re- He really was captivating. He, you know, that was my very. That was probably my first time hearing him speak at length. You know what I mean? At like that, so it was pretty cool. I'd always watched him as strong and seen his work, and I knew he was so talented and how you know what he could do. But it was cool to find again. That's what I love. Like you said, not only about press conference, but the way New Japan does everything. You really get a chance to know these guys when they when they speak, and uh, it was really cool to hear that side of the story. And the first time in a long time, a justifiable Bullet Club member. I mean, most of the time, they just explain it away with, ah, oh, Bullet Club makes money and all of that <laughs> type of stuff. But he he have a gripe with the company and it makes sense why he would not, you know, uh, would he would join, uh, you know, the Bullet Club and be a killer, you know, a war dog. So I, I, love, I love it. You know, uh, Gable Kid's explanation is he's, freaking out of his mind I guess I don't know how to explain <laughs> what Gabe got going on but you know Coughlin is perfect now it, it makes perfect sense why Coughlin is here <laughs> yeah, we're
0: about to so let's go with the action enough build up first two nights were free on New Japan World night one was July 15th so it's A and B block night we have seen the block kicking off the tournament tomorrow in the same building we had Yoshihashi defeating El Phantasma. Of course Yoshihashi had a new finisher. Chase Owens defeated Gabe. Uh, kid jumped Owens on the stage with a chair with Kid Ragdown Owens through the crowd, whipping chairs and guardrails <laughs> like a madman for diving off the stage on a pile of bodies. Owens survived kids on stage. Same fact, kid, I remember? I know, we're a package pile driver a score of win. So Owens earned his spot <laughs> in a new bullet club, at least for now. I mean, could look great. When did he become Lance Archer?
1: That's all I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he is. He's like an unhinged, uh, much smaller version of what Lance Archer has going on. Oh, man, he, like I said, I, we'll continue to talk about it, but he really started to win me over with the, his performances. It's not even just with what he does. It's like his his timing and the way he command commanded that Japanese audience, man. He had them. In the in the palm of his hand throughout this tournament, but this was a very shocking way because uh, I wasn't. It wasn't that I wasn't expecting him to uh, beat up, you know, Chase. It's just the way he did it and the way he went about it. Like you said, Chase kind of earning his respect, but also showing that he's a vet. You know what I mean? It's gonna take more than attacking him before the match to take out yeah. Chase Owens, someone who's been in Bullet Club. Basically, I think I think he started AJ Styles' era. Like he said, he survived three eras of Bullet Club. So, <laughs> yeah, man, Chase Owens has been there a while. He's been a decade now. So, it's going to take more than that, uh, Gabe. But, yeah, I love the match. I love it.
0: Well, we had the uh, Block B match, Tangaloa defeat Kenta. This was Tangaloa's first match since Capital Collision 2002 after suffering a knee injury, and it looked it. You know, I'm not going to lie. Like, this was, again, it's, it's one yeah. of these guys that I'm not that familiar with, just because, you know, especially with this part, a lot has changed this past year, you know, so um, with right. Tango Lomans involved there. And then, well, we should say there was a press release, actually. New Japan injected a shot of intrigue into the A block and into the rise of the returning <laughs> lion class. The crowning of a new generation of free musketeers, Renarita, Shotoumino, and Suji, New Japan made it crystal clear that these three were going to be the next generation of New Japan headliners. Now, Monty, why is the free musketeer thing so important uh, when it comes to like New Japan and, and especially with this announcement?
1: Hold on, I lost connection here. I only heard part of your question. Repeat that again.
0: What what's the three musketeers for new Japan? You know, and why is it important that these three guys are being called that? What's what's the history behind it?
1: Yeah, so the the history is the original three musketeers who were attached to uh, you know, uh to Antonio Onoki, were Keiji Muto, Masahiro Chono and Shinya Hashimoto. They were the original three musketeers. They kind of, uh, they were, they you know, they, they, just, they're, you know, again, it's, it basically it started from being basically the last, uh, you know, people trained by Antonio Inoki. And basically they led New Japan, I think in the early, basically late 80s, early 90s, and, you know, led them into that era. You know, Master and, of course, Keiji Muda, the great Muda, and, you know, all time greats. Even if you don't know Hashimoto that well, he's also someone who, Uh, had a very, very uh, lasting legacy in Japanese pro wrestling. And then the next era of three Musketeers, people that you will recognize, uh, Kitsuyo Shibata, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. So obviously those guys are three special uh, guys who carried the mantle for New Japan throughout the 2000s and led basically into the 2010s era where we got Okada. Even though they're not really Musketeers, but they kind of led right into that era Right there, and then this is the first time, especially from the company, that they've ever just named people Three Musketeers. Uh, you know, again, so the, like you said, the company really injected something into not only life into to the A Block, but just even into Japan. Like in Japan, the people were in shock because they couldn't believe it. Because again, like I said, you gotta you gotta keep in mind the Three Musketeers was all about Anoki, and all you know, it had a lot of connections to the history, the lifeblood. Of New Japan and even though Shota Umano, Suji, and Ren Narita are definitely the future, uh, they they don't have any connection there. So a lot of Japanese fans were even confused by this. Those three didn't like to like being singled out. You know what I'm saying? You put this enormous pressure on them. And then you have other young guys on the roster like a great old Khan, and some other people who who are establishing themselves and like feeling left out. So you know, it really, like you said, it really ad- injected a lot, and not only into A Block, but just into New Japan, because now the Three Musketeers have a target on their backs, even though neither one, none of them wanted that title.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like being called. Well, my it, again, like you said, it's like you know Mount Rushmore, you know, or even yeah, the next the next Shawn Michaels, the next John Cena, you know, whatever right, it is.
1: right, the next Rock and Austin, yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah, pressure, exactly.
0: guys, you know, just like of the guys who were been like known for the world business, but we'll see how they save this literally save yeah. this company yeah, we're, it's, it's no, pressure no, no pressure
1: though no pressure
0: well the pressure was too much in the uh, blockade match between Shoot Room and Orendarita because it went to a time limit draw it felt like a beginning of a journey and it truly is, B block match yes. our hero and yours came up short, great Akan against Kazuchiku Okada with a Rainmaker, um, Akhan also lost the rep Pro title and is no longer unbeaten in Britain. It's not been great. Carter, uh, of course, looking for his third G1. Last time we saw him was losing to Brian. So I suppose he's got a lot to make up for. Mm-hmm. Uh, a block match. Uh, Keito Kimiari defeated Yota Suji. He overcame Suji's onslaught, hitting his big offence for win with a shining wizard. Uh Kaito is a dark horse for me to win. B block match. Taichi defeated Will Ospreay. Uh, Will got kicked right in the eardrum, which disrupted his equilibrium. I always <laughs> like these words in wrestling. It's like when someone gets their arm hyperextended. You don't hear it anywhere else apart from professional wrestling. Uh, <laughs> each, right. You know, whenever you're a kid playing around, Mum, I've hyperextended my elbow. It's like, no, it's never, <laughs> you've never heard of it. Uh, never heard of it. So no, I booted Osprey out of the air on a flying hidden blade attempt, hit Black Mephesto's score of win. Uh, hometown boy, one—he kind of has a habit of doing that, though, doesn't he? And Taichi one of these guys. Yes. love as well.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that you that you come not come around, but I'm just glad that you that you take a liking to him because you gotta understand tai Chi for a long time was a loser. The people in Japan, not only just a loser, but they hated him. People in Japan used to chant, "Go away, tai Chi. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. To see just how popular he has become not only when towards the end of Suzuki goon but and teaming up with Zach with dangerous Techers, but uh, you know he, just what he is now you know as a champion and just being so again putting on some really really good matches it's it's amazing, I don't know what your pro wrestling prime is supposed to be, but honestly, the mid to late thirties for Japanese wrestlers man <laughs> I don't know what the hell happens for them because. For most of them. Now, Okada is a little bit of an outlier. He was pretty good throughout <laughs> his early 30s <laughs> and to where he is now, mm-hmm. too. So he's a little different. But everyone else, though, it just seemed like after they hit 34, 35, they're off to the races. But anyway, Chachi has been awesome, and this was a great match. Against Ospreay, that I really enjoy. One of my highlights of the tournament, for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm always going to be a fan of the rest of the self to the ring. Again, I, I know. It's, just, it's <laughs> one of these things that I'm always going to be. Uh, match, to a block match, Sonada defeated Hikileyu. Fought out a choke slam, hit Deadfall, and a win in just over 10 minutes. I mean, the champ always a target, but he's especially going to be in the G1. Night 2, oh, yeah. July 16th, David Finley defeated Tomohiri Ishii. Finn won this one cleanly which I guess is an important statement to make for a guy who's still proving he can fill some big shoes. You know, this is going to be, I'm not saying Finney's going to win, but this is uh, going to be a good tournament for him to prove he deserves to mix it with like the main
1: event guys. Agreed, and also a good time to differentiate himself. Again, he will never forget that immediately upon his arrival, he was Jay White-like to people. So he wants to do it completely different than Jay White. Jay White was more methodical. Definitely took shortcuts when he could. Finley is just brutal, and I love it. I love that he's kind of leaned into what we know about his father and just being so much more physical. And again, going out there and out toughing a guy like Ishii says a lot, especially uh, in the G1. So I agree, this is definitely a proven ground for Finley to show that he's not just open-weight champion because they want to get the Bullet Club over.
0: Uh, we got the block match Hiroku Go To defeating Tori Yanu. C-block match, Mikey Nicholas in Hanari. Holy fucking shit. Right, so <laughs> Aaron <laughs> drops him more ways than one. His new look, which he came to his shaved head. Yeah. And his facial tattoo. Now, people oh, with new man. looks, he's gone all that. I said to you, Monty, about a year ago, maybe six months, <laughs> about Hanari that he had something but needed, like, a little tweak. And as soon as he came out, like right. that, I was like, Man, that, that, fuck it, that's a look. That's a look and a half. You know, right? But it wasn't about the look of this match. It was the trading of headbutts in the center of the ring, which <laughs> looked less and less worked as they went on. And then you saw the tiny oh, speck of blood God. kind of form a Nicholas head and grow <laughs> yes. until it was dripping down his head. Um, you've probably seen, the, if you listen to this, you've probably seen the finish where Mikey Nichols dropped Tenare straight on his head with Kevin Kelly actually oh, going, yeah. oh, shit. Like... you <laughs> oh, shit. That went, like, <laughs> your main commentator... And we all that. collectively did. It's, it's got to be contender for scariest bump of the year. I mean, but... Oh, my yeah. God, talk about, like, a match you just... What, this is another thing I love about G1. I wasn't expecting to enjoy this match. And I was like, oh, my God. I can't wait to see him mix it up again. <laughs>
1: Agreed. You know, again, like you said, Mikey Nichols, a tag team guy, him and Shane Hayes, you're not really expecting much from a tag team guy in a singles format of a tournament. But again, Mikey really brought his A game in this one. Had to be physical because that's the only way Hanare knows at this point. He's only, he's only know how to be a physical guy. And that's what this match was. It was very physical. It was very fun to watch. Like you said, that spot where he got dropped on the head took me. All the way by surprise, but it was really a good match. And again, Hanarwe's look, man, like you said, you can't, you can't lean out of that. That's not just a gimmick. That's not a gimmick. <laughs> that's, that's that's for life, my guy. You know, what airports,
0: I'm saying? man. Like, yeah, walk through airports <laughs> like that. You, it, it's just, it's scary. And you know? I really, I was really
1: curious is. during the press conference. I was like, why does he have that thing on? <laughs> and you seen this look. I was like, ah, okay, makes sense. <laughs>
0: right, uh, D-block match Sean Hayes Defeated Alex Cocklin. Same story really Alex really aggressive But ended up Losing C-block match Eddie Kingston Defeated Shingo Eddie got the win With a combination Of a stiff spinning Back fist And Northern Lights bomb, bomb A great G1 Debbie for Eddie Just sort of Match you hoped for With a dance part Like Shingo It looked like Eddie Had found Where he belonged You know
1: I agree Like he fits in So well And I think Honestly, after the match, what he said, he won another one with Shingo in A.W. And he's going to pester Tony about it. And I'm just like, if Tony's smart, he would listen. Because just as a matter of fact, honestly, after the Claudio feud, when they finally figured that out. Just, just If you don't want to give him a belt or whatever, just book Eddie against random Japanese <laughs> strong-style wrestlers. <laughs> and just, yeah, just just trot him out there and let him fight someone from Japan who likes to whoop ass. And it's going to be entertaining. Because, man, I think, like you said, he really fits. Not only that style, but he fit right in here in New Japan.
0: Uh, D-block match. Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tanahashi locked in an arm that gained leverage on a roll-up. Tanahashi didn't let go of the hold in time and lost the match. But I think it's great for Tanahashi to attribute to Pretty Deadly with his
1: ring gear. Yes, boy. Come on, Monty. <laughs> How good is Yeah, that? Yes, boy. <laughs> yeah. How you like the the, the sleeve. <laughs> oh, I, loved it. I mean, didn't know Tanahashi was such a big fan. You know, like... <laughs> right. He, his explanation, he was just trying something new. But I definitely know what you mean. He no, definitely... He Saw, saw one of the guys, right? <laughs> he also, for some reason, thought he could submission wrestle Zach. I love it. I just love that he. I love that he tried that. You know, what I'm saying it's just funny. I don't know why he thought that would work, but you know, throw everything at the wall. I guess at this point, Tana. <laughs> well,
0: it's it's like that and again, I love Tana Hashi. Zach's one of my favorite wrestlers to watch, even though we are still waiting for that trance CD. So as soon as that drops, we we are going to be <laughs> definitely into that. Uh, C block match: Evil defeated Tamatonga. Evil uh, D block match: Jeff Cobb defeated Tetsuya Naito. Cobb and his power is great, you know. Like the tourney, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just fucking brilliant. I love it. Yeah, first ever win over Naito, and even though Naito lost, he's still my pick, Monty, to win the whole thing. But we shall... <laughs> it's a long way, long way to go.
1: Jeff Cobb said it was a redemption tour, man. This was just the first step so you know we'll see if Jeff keep it up but yeah man he was on redemption tour and he finally took out Naito like you said Jeff is a freak if Jeff was a couple inches taller really it shouldn't be this way but I don't know how the hell W haven't already tried to be Jeff Cobb in, in this, or whoever. Even AW at this point, like, why aren't people in America paying Jeff Cobb? Why he has to go all the way from Hawaii to Japan? I know it's not as far as it as you would think, but you know what I mean. He must like, be
0: than Joe Coffee. Like that's the only reason. That's a great point. That's a great point. That's a great point. Just be like, what? Uh, night three, July eighteenth. A block match, Kato Kiriari defeated Chase Owens. B block match, Kenta defeated Greater Khan. It is not going well for our hero. A block match, Gabe Kidd defeated Hikulayu. A block match, Yossi, uh, Yota Suji versus Vendorita in a draw. B block match, Will Ospreay defeated <laughs> Joshua Hashi. One half of the tag champs battling US champ in a banger. Will got the win with a corkscrew sent on. A block match, Sonada defeated Shooter Umino. Shooter pushed him all the way, but the champ stayed cool. And B block match, Kazu Chica, Ricardo defeated El Phantasma. A good match, but afterwards, ELP said you guys don't realise how hard a motion it can be when you're all by yourself. When you have no friends, you get a call from your dad who says your papa has passed away. Then you have to wrestle with cards in the main event and block all the emotions in your job. Uh, to your little tiny, dinky-ass Japanese hotel, you realise it's too late to call your grandma, whose husband of seven years just died, whose daughter died a year ago, you got to stay up all night by yourself, unable to tell them how much you love them. Now, man, if that was any other company, they would bar that release, I would say, because it just sounds <laughs> fucking horrible. You know, like, it sounds like they treat yeah. the American talent, the guy jeans that come over there, just like shit. Yeah. You know, like Alex Cocklin, <laughs> fucking A L P. Is it really worth it?
1: Right. They definitely make you consider this. Like, why do you work there, guys? Like, please it's like go please try out somewhere else, you know. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, it's one of those things, you know, new Japan schedule is unforgiving, and when you have a spot there, you know how it is when you're a part of a roster, man, you know. And uh, the, I think another thing is with New Japan, they don't necessarily have everyone of exclusive deals. I think that's why they lost Aussie Open. So again, it's one of those things where you kind of got to take advantage of the opportunity while you're giving them, and that's what happens. You know, you miss out on stuff, and it really sucks. But man, like you said, what a promo, and just what an emotional. Feeling Again, it made you really relate. And I also think he turned something storyline into and ingratiating what was going on in his real life. Because, again, he is at that stage at this point where he didn't have any friends after the Bullet Club kicked him out. And, you know, things just haven't been going his way when he lost the match to Finley. So, again, he felt really, really alone and to kind of ingratiate his career into uh, what's going on in real life. Again, just one those thing to just let you know or let, just may give you that feeling in New Japan that everything is legit, you know.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what another thing I love about it, and it feels like the talent are allowed to say what they what, what they are, you know. It makes me think if CM Punk ever went to Japan, like fuck me, talk
1: about <laughs> all that pipe bomb. Oh my goodness, <laughs> like, Jesus Christ! Oh, every um, comment. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway,
0: <laughs> we'll forget about him because we're moving on with G One Night Four, July nineteenth, D Block match, Zach Saber Junior defeating Yanu. This match had it all. We had imposter Zack, right? We had an imposter Zack. Zack had Fujita taped down <laughs> all the turnbuckle pads so Yanu couldn't untie him. Now, people don't know, Yanu always unties the turnbuckles. Here, Yanu would tape Zack's legs together on a ramp a few moments later. He soon realized the turnbuckle pads were taped down. Zack cut himself free with a pair of scissors. After a quick exchange of pins, Zack caught Yanu for free count to move on to four points now people might not get Torianu, but I again anybody who is using tape to kind of tie each other down during the show I'm into it I really really am uh, C block match David Finley defeated Mikey Nicholas Finn looking like the one to beat now Jeff Cobb versus uh, defeated Alex Coughlin D block match Alex shown his strength but a tour of the islands put the mustache of all down Evil Defeated Eddie Kingston in a C Block match. Shenanigans. Togo got involved with Evil. Grabbed the referee. This led to Kingston letting that allowed you motherfucker before Evil low blowed him. <laughs> Everything is evil for the win. That's another thing I like about New Japan. Is like again, I don't want like too much swearing, but that kind of you know realism to it. Because if that did happen to you. You would be saying these words, right? Do you know, you wouldn't be going, "You freaking yeah. nincompoop. poop." You'd be, you be going, no, "Right, you motherfucker." You know, so that's what I like about it. It's it, that
1: unfiltered feel. Again, it's just something that gives you that realism.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And D block match as well: Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Shane Hayes. C block match: Hanari defeating Shingo. Hard hitting action with a former Aaron picking up a big win, and I tell you, Saint Monty Streets of Rage is a great name for a finisher. Like
1: <laughs> that's another thing. I was like, right, man, he's got that. Like a whole video game with an awesome <laughs> finisher, right? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Isn't that, isn't that great? No, yeah, it's, I love again. I love what Honora has done. He's added things to the package that's just making him even more and more valuable. This was his coming out party here, the G One this year. You know he's had teases in the in the past of being you know better getting better and better but man he has really seemed to come into his own in this g1 and, and his matches with shingo in general i, I don't know I, again I, this is why reason why i could put shingo in really in my top 10 or at least top 15 in the world because he can go out there and he can make you look like a million bucks or he can force you to make him look like a million bucks and i think this was just an awesome match, man. Uh, he really made Hanari look good here. And Hanari, again, like I said, this is this is his coming out part. I think he he hit he was on the radar for a lot of people who may have ignored or just wasn't really paying attention to him over the years. Yeah, I
0: think without a doubt. D block match Tetsuya Naito kept up his first win versus Rocky Uh We also had C block match Tamatonga defeating Tomohiro Ishii on tonight, five July twenty first. B block match Yoshihashi defeating Tangaloa. A block match Gabe Kidd defeating Ren Narita. Uh, B block match Great Okan defeating El Fantasmo. ELP got so desperate he did the nipple twist to Okan. But Okan actually enjoyed it and started buying ELP's nipple, which ELP counted <laughs> by biting O-K's, uh, Okan's ear. This was awesome. Uh, Okan finally got the win with Sheep Killer. But again, maybe only in Japan. And you get away with this? And I can't played it perfectly as well. We then we see A-block match. Chase Owens defeating Hikileu B block match. Will Ospreay defeating Kenta. Uh, Will had his world class wrestling. Kenta had his kendo stick. You see, so that's how we were playing. <laughs> uh but look, Miles for the GTS couldn't ride the Stormbreaker. And then we had A-Block match, Keita Kimari, Shoot Room, and I went to a time limit draw. Third draw of the tournament, uh, what was a uh intense match. A block looks like the draw block, Monty. Is there a reason behind yeah. this? Did he get draws or
1: No, well honestly to this extent, no. And I think a lot of this had to do with the new twenty minute time limit, honestly. A lot of it had to do with that. I think if this was if these were thirty minute matches something, most of these matches all of them probably would have wrapped up with a winner. So I think they were trying to really get over the difference with that, that wrestlers had to get used to that. And I also think it was a very convenient out. If you look at a lot of the early draws, look who was involved with them, the Musketeers. Yeah. So I wonder if they were just telling you that the uh, Musketeers, were uh, uh, we're naming them that because we can't decide who we like more right now. So <laughs> let's just, you know, put them in a situation where they draw most of the time or you put Kaito in a situation, another guy, that you don't want him to make him bad and make him lose to everyone. But at the same time, you know, you don't necessarily want him to win all the time either, I guess. So, yeah, it's one of those things. But I think the 20-minute time limit, that's what they were trying to really get over. Like, uh, And I thought uh, later on in a bigger match that we talk about later uh, with O'Connor and Osprey, the time limit going into that match was something that Osprey brought up. Like he said, I can beat O'Connor, but can I beat him in 20 minutes? Again, it was a nice little added uh, you know, element to the G1 this year.
0: Well, shooter still not won. So I bet he's panicking out of all the musketeers at the moment in time. But we'll see how it goes for him. Oh yeah,
1: definitely.
0: B block match, uh Akada defeating Taiichi, really good stuff. I mean, like I said, Tai Chi, however you want to pronounce it, correctly as Monty does or like I do. Just really, really good. Like you don't expect that guy to put on these types of matches, uh, and really, really enjoyable. And then A block match, Sonada defeated Jota Suji. I mean, CG suffered yet another loss, but he looked great doing it. So, again, that's another thing about the G1, you know. isn't it? It's, it's about the performance as much as it is about the victory.
1: Right. In the end, people look back at the records and see how you look, and they look at the, the scorecard, and that does matter. Don't get it twisted. It does matter. But the performance, the individual performance, especially when you're in your first G1 how do you measure up against an established X? And I think, like you said, Suji, not only his title match, also in the G1, uh man, he, you, he can hang. If it's one thing, Suji, <laughs> one thing we learned about Suji in this tournament, he definitely can hang. Yeah, without a doubt.
0: Night 6, July 23rd, D-Block, Zach Sabre Jr. defeated Alex Coughlin. He's 3-0, 3-0. Serious Tekka got the win with the armbar, but Alex is Norton free. Still time, though. It's great to see these two's cash obviously i've been watching alex strong now finally get the opportunity to mix it with someone like zach sabre jr c block tamatonga defeated mikey nicholas d block Hiroki gotsu defeated shane hayes c block eddie kingston defeated hanare hanare now kingston with a big kick before the bell this continued throughout the match back and forth striking however hanari <laughs> both men collapsed after being hit with the strikes However, Hanari was one who hit the ground first, which meant Kingston fell on top of him. That was a pin. And that, again, is, is good enough, because it's like, with Eddie, you know how hard these matches are going to hit. Uh, Tetsu Naito defeated Toriyanu. Uh, this was a case where the pre-match shenanigans stole the show. And i tell you like, thank fuck I get Naito. Do you know what? Because I, I panicked. About, <laughs> and then... First time, you're going like, what the fuck? Why is it taking him so long? But once you get it, you know, it is so, so yes. good. Um, I'm not Toru, but anyway, Yanu wanted to get this match started right away, which, of course, contrasts with the attitude of Naito. So what does Naito do after his tippy-long entrance? He runs to the back <laughs> and plays his music again from the beginning and does his whole entrance. Six and a half minutes of this. And I'll tell you what, I loved it. Uh, and again, people don't tell you this about New Japan, Monty. You never told me this. You told me about like the great wrestling, but just the kind of the humor. And it's not like really silly, like toilet humor. It's just quite – it's actually quite clever in a weird way as well.
1: Yeah, it's one of those underrated things. I, I, again, I. it's so much, many reasons why I love New Japan that I think that might be a, that might be something that slipped my mind. <laughs> Y'all know it's always been a great time, especially – when you know, uh, when you're not used to it, I think that the thing with Yano is, I've been watching Yano act now for six, seven years, <laughs> yeah. so it can get repetitive. That's one thing I'll say, but it, it's always been enjoyable. He's one of my favorite wrestlers because, again, like you said, he's a comedy wrestler. But his finisher is literally cheating to win. That's literally the only thing he can do. Like, and he will and, and it's not and he's not such a joke to where it's like a Santino Marella. And you just like you know, oh, okay, this is just this is just BS. No offense to Santino. I thought he was entertaining, but you know, whenever he beat someone, we knew what, what was going on. Well with Yano, they actually let him surprise people enough. That is actually plausible uh, when Yano does it, and then he has a background. He used to be a badass. He used to be one of the most dangerous Japanese professional wrestlers ever. So it's kind of crazy when you think about this funny side that he has. And again, it's a it's all it's draped all in New Japan. And honestly, it, it's kind of funny when you think about it, just how much comedy is in it. But at the same time, they don't you lose that athletic. This is you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. real-time, you know, tournament action. They don't lose that. You know, I think a lot of times when you hear about comedy wrestling, everyone just starts thinking about the goofiest thing that you can think of in pro wrestling. But, yeah, New Japan seems to straddle that line perfectly, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. C-Block, Shingo defeated Tamir Great stuff from both. D-Block, Jeff Cobb defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi. It, uh, I mean, the thing about this is that obviously with Tanahashi, I'm coming in late, but to see Jeff Cobb hit Tanahashi with his own sling blade right before hitting Tori the Island kind <laughs> of made me think that one's going one way, the other one's going the
1: other. Is that is that fair? Oh, I mean, definitely. They're not even hiding it at at, at this point. <laughs> like, honestly, to be fair, I was late to Tanahashi really because you know at the. He carried this company for a long time. You gotta, you really—that's the beauty of New Japan, where I got a chance to just go back to the early 2010s, the late 2000s, and see some of his classic Wrestle Kingdom moments and just matches with some, uh, you know, again with a laundry list of just great opponents. Honestly, and I think that's where you kind of really get a chance to understand why some people say he was—he's like their John Cena or just that the guy in Japan and he just definitely deserve it. But yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, in 2018 he was late, but he was still winning championships. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he was still getting booked a certain way and he still could go. I think now in 2023, you know, uh, the it, now the body is not able to continue to do it. Like, honestly, he still has it. He still can go into that gear, but it's way less often. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is something that you, that you see, when you started to uh, advance. And honestly, Tanahashi is not like a lot of our older, uh, re- other older wrestlers. Some of them, you know, get a chance to go away for a while and blah, 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 and then come back. Well, Tanahashi has been nonstop for a long time. So, you know, at least 20 years plus. So, yeah, man, Tanahashi is one of the greats. But yeah, you're 100% right when it comes to the, the trajectory of where Jeff Cobb is and where Tanahashi is heading. Even though, honestly, uh, keep an eye out because Jeff Cobb is also one of those guys that he only can go so high sometimes for some reason with, when it comes to Jeff, and that's just been his career so far in New Japan. We'll see what happens. Well, we get C block to round off
0: the night. David Finley defeated Evil. The night seven, July twenty fifth. B block, Will Ospreay defeated Great Khan despite efforts. He just wasn't enough to put the leader of the United Empire away, but Khan. ...had his working boots on. A block, Shota Umino defeated Gabe Kidd. This was Umino's first win in the entire tournament. He has one loss and two time limit draws up to this point. B block, Kenta defeated Taichi. Belt shot, low blow, roll up, that the Kenta way. A block, Yota Suji defeated Chase Owens. Much like Shooter. this was Yota's first win... ELP picked up his first win versus Tangaloa in B block action. I can see a pattern here. Not going to lie. A block, Hikileu defeated Rennerita. Hikileu only put the away with down to pick up his first win of the tournament. I told you, Monty, I was on to saying. And B block, Kajiki Okada defeated Yoshihashi. Okada scored the victory to move to eight points with a 4 0 record. Yoshi is one lost, one lost. A block, Sonada defeated Kaito Kamiari. To it seemed, we were about to get yet another draw on the A block. Sonada hit a shining wizard and pinned uh, Kiyomiya with two seconds left. The timing that finish was not nothing short of amazing. I mean, I'm not saying I would watch Noah, but it has been gr- great watching uh, Kaito as well, Monty, I'm not going to lie. You know, someone I wouldn't have seen that regularly.
1: Yeah, I think he did. He did his job, honestly. Uh, not only with matches like this, but like you said, with the young guys and uh, this match especially really just showed you not only why he was a former world champion, but like you said, maybe you don't want to run directly to a subscription or whatever. But it definitely make you make you take it more, not only more seriously, but make you want to pay more attention. Like, oh, okay, no, you know, you uh, yeah, New Japan may be the number one promotion in Japan or whatever, or at least from my point of view, but I understand why some people love Noah and all of that. He did a really good job of representing. When you're in a, when you're in a tournament like this from another company, you just want to represent. I think the same way Eddie Keaton made, made AEW look like a million bucks, Kaito made Noah look great.
0: Yeah, without doubt. Well, Night 8, July 26th, uh, C-Block match. Evil defeated Hanare. Same old shit from Evil. D match, Alex Cochran defeated Rocky Gotu. Cochrane dominated most of the match, but got his attempt to get control cut off by a simple kneel kick to the stomach. All was too much for Goto, as Gocklin got his first G1 win with the jackhammer. Deep block match, Shingo defeated Mikey Nicholas. I think Nicholas has been one of the surprises of the tournament for me, and we're going to get onto that in, in a little bit. Uh, Deep block match, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Torriyanu. You already know what you get here. High Fly Flow gave two more points to Tanahashi and Eliminate Janu from the tournament. Uh, C-block match, tomohirishi defeated Eddie Kingston. I mean, this was just a war. It was awesome between the two. Seeing these two men just batter the sh- other. together. Uh, block D match, Shane Hayes defeated Tetsuya Naito. Hayes tried to have a hat exchange with Naito, but lost his hat when Naito threw it in the crowd. Now, I've got, I like Naito, but just don't do that. Hayes was having none of it, <laughs> so after taking Naito down, he stole his hat and gave it away. I mean, what a bastard. Naito went for destiny, but Hayes counted with Bomb Valley death and beat him to get a surprise win. He was also able to recover his hat. I guess Naito took his off the ball and got upset, but, I mean, what a fucking victory there for Shane, you know, beating Aito and getting his hat back, you know?
1: Yeah, man, Shane, like you said, Mikey did a, have did a great job at this tournament. You know, uh, making you pay attention and surprising. And I think Shane did a good, in my, from my point of view, grew not only from beating my favorite wrestler, but just again his his comments throughout the tournament and just his timing. I, I love the finish. He was an awesome finish, a nice reversal, uh, in, in all honesty. And I think this is a really solid contest. And like you said. Nitro came into the match saying, questioning whether or not this should have been the biggest G1 of all time, you know, basically saying why, you know, what did a, what did a Shane Hayes, what do some of these guys actually do to deserve to actually be in the tournament? And Shane Hayes shut him up, and you know, like you said, he gave him that motivation, and like you said, he definitely took his eye off the ball, maybe, maybe saying stuff like that, showing you that he was taking Shane Hayes lightly, and uh, Shane Hayes made sure he wouldn't do that again, so yeah, man, uh, tough loss, man. This is the one, this, was, this really had me thinking. Not that Shane Hayes was going up and Naito was going down, but it definitely made me think, okay, uh, is this the end for my guy? You know what I'm saying? It really made me question because I'm not used to him slipping and falling in this manner. You know, he he will lose to a Jeff Cobb, but losing in a match like this, where I think most of us, if you watch New Japan a lot, would expect Naito to win, It was, it was very surprising. But it was a good match, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the thing as well. It's 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 interesting to see, see that and, like I said, wonder what's going to happen uh, with, with certain talents, you know. And like I said, when it comes to uh, certain wrestlers as well, we're with, with like a Shingo, you expect one thing, and then they kind of give something else, which I can think is always good as well. Tamatonga defeated David Finley in C C-block match. Rolled Finn up to get the win. Finley attacked him, laid him out, getting the heat back. Block D match. Jeff Cobb defeated Zack Sabre Jr. Zack really is a man of the people. Walking around the crowd before the match, you know, just really, really good. Cobb hits the Toilet Islands to beat Sabre for the first time in a singles match and won his second main event of this year's G1. This is probably my personal favorite match up until this point, just with the story of Zach trying to beat the bigger man and failing, you know. <laughs> I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Night nine, nine, July twenty seventh. Show Umino in A block defeated Chase Owens. Umino counted a package power driver into Death Rider for a free count. Umino loves us watchers at English feed since he said it on Kevin Kelly's microphone, so he wouldn't lie about that. B block match Saichi defeated Joshi Hachi. A block Gabe Kidd versus Kato Kimihiro went for a count out, but we saw Kato's wild side as he spat at Gabe. (laughs) Now, you know, this was, I wasn't expecting, you know, and then I thought, fucking hell, he's actually lost his shit here, which again, I guess, is the story they're trying to tell, to make him, this kind of young guy, to be more tougher as well, if you know what I mean.
1: Agreed, and I think also, this established for me, because like you said, we're not talking about shocking, but it's one of those things, where it was like, you couldn't look away, like, you know what I mean? like, they they started going like after they hit the switch, you know, and they just just started. It turned into a legit fight, a legit brawl, and man it was entertaining. And this this sealed some stuff for me, man. I really think that if they play their cards right, and if Gabriel Kidd sticks around, and if they can uh, you know continue to invest in Gage, he can be top heel uh, foreigner in New Japan because just again he is so, he got veteran. He's sucks. He's he's not a you know, I know he's young in New Japan, but he's a vet because man, the way he commanded that Japanese crowd and made them, you know, hate him throughout this turn. But even in this match, the way he pulled out that side of Kaito, and then you know, in the end, you know, uh, you know, uh, having Kaito go backstage and be like, you know, still visibly heated, you know, in his comments <laughs> from what happened. You know what I'm saying? Just like mad, took like screwed the points. He just wanted Gay Kid, and like you said, continuing what happened in the press conference. So it was just, it was just awesome. It really was a, a awesome moment, you know, match slash fight slash confrontation, and it really, like I said, made me feel like Gay Kid is the future.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. B Block match, Tangeloa beat Greater Khan. I mean, A Khan is officially eliminated. So between his bad streak and the G One, his actually towards Osprey, who knows what's next for him. A block match, Hikilei defeated Yotasuji. Suji went for his spear and was countered to a power slam. And one choke slam later, Hikilei got two points and is still in this. It was odd to see Yotasuji so outsized. You know, we, we mentioned it earlier with, you know, Jeff Cobb maybe not being as big, but I thought Yotasuji was a, a giant. Yeah. And then compared to Hikilei, you go, fuck, was <laughs> fucking massive. Like, I think that's what we forget. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And again, not to but no, I, six legitimately
1: six yeah. foot six, six seven. So yeah, no, and big a, guy. As the <laughs> tournament
0: progress as well, I think someone like me forgot about Hikarai, and forgot about the power of him, as you know, as we see this here as well. Uh, B block match, El Fantasma defeated Kenta. I tell you what, ELP took a hell of a bump on the bleachers and got the shit kicked out of him with a kendo stick and all blood everywhere. Table bumps. This wasn't even matter. This match didn't really matter, you know. Uh, Finally, got into the ring. ELP immediately got Kent on the inside cradle pin for the victory. Uh, Block A match: Sonada defeated Ren Narita. Narita tried going for his finish, but Sonada countered and knocked him out with the deadfall. Uh, Block B match: Will Ospreay defeated Kazuchika okada okada went for the rainmaker osprey reversed with a ripcord hidden blade and the stormbreaker to finally do it osprey has finally beaten Akada cleanly in the middle of the ring this is a repeat of the g132 final to be fair one lost either to be in this year's final uh Ikeda and osprey monty what a fucking match
1: yeah man these guys they, they just have awesome chemistry uh they really don't ever really have, even all the way back to when Osprey was a, a junior heavyweight and a babyface, they never really had a bad contest at all. But uh, like you said, the emotion behind the crowd was behind Osprey, And, uh, you know, again, it was kind of awkward for me because I'm not used to having these big triumphant things kind of happen like that in the G1 that early, usually to be save towards the end, but I thought it was still a, a, a beautiful way to cap off. Probably my favorite entire card. Like you just going off match by match. I think that was one of my my favorite nights of watching the G one uh, or early mornings for me, honestly, uh, <laughs> watching it because it was a it was a really really solid stuff around from everyone. But yeah, that capped it off perfectly with another beautiful contest with Osprey finally climbing that mountain. And beating him a hundred percent clean. It was a beautiful match, man. Uh I can't really even do it justice. Like I, I I suggest people seek it out if they didn't get a chance or they got they got lost, didn't feel like going through the entire tournament. You definitely have to seek out Osprey versus O'Connor. Even though you honestly can watch every Osprey match in this tournament and and, and you'll be you'll be you'll be great. But the match with O'Connor was special.
0: Well what's really good about New Japan World is they have improved it a little bit, so the accessibility and stuff, but they do English content so you can actually watch the card in full or they have split up the matches. So you can just go watch Osprey and a card on there as well, which I find really, really helpful. But let's take a little bit of break from the G one, just a second. Uh, because of course it has been a rough couple of weeks in the world of professional wrestling. And August twenty third, Mick Foley tweeted out Terry Funk is gone. I've just talked to Terry's daughter, Brandy, who gave me the awful news. He was my mentor, my idol, one of the closest friends. He was the greatest wrestler I ever saw. Uh, WWE did confirm it. Terry Funk passed away at the age of 79. Uh, Now, let me just, you know, Monty, Terry Funk's one of these guys who maybe the newer generation might not know a lot about um i would suggest going to watch beyond the Mat for anybody who might not know funk just to find out the kind of dedication involved this is a guy that spent more than 50 years in the world of professional wrestling starting in 1965 um you and i you know we, we like to think we're i don't know experts the right word when it comes to wrestling but i think the funks versus the briscoes is one of those iconic you know, feuds that as a wrestling fan, I think everybody knows about. You hear about the past, you know, the Funks, Briscoes wrestling the kind of way they did uh, and realizing just how kind of big they were as a tag team. And I think if I'm right, the only two brothers to ever win the NWA world Heavyweight championship called Story Funk and Terry Funk winning that as well. Uh, Funk would do so much more in his career uh, where it will be in WCW with the iconic I Quit match at Class of Champions, even the build up with and Flair and in, interviewed after Flair just beating Ricky Dragon Steamboat and Funk, you know, saying to Flair, "You don't think I'm ready?" and Paul driving them on the table, um, all the stuff. in if you want to read Foley is good as well, or, or um, the the first the first book or Mick Foley talks about his experience in Japan with Terry Funk, Terry Funk performing in front of 150 people and being blown up and doing all these kind of crazy death matches as well, into his work with ECW, and, of course, creating a promotion as we know it now and the kind of history of it, um, and even kind of going to WWE, uh, where his last kind of thing people might know is WrestleMania 14. I mean, this is the guy, this is the wrestler's wrestler, Monty. Terry Funk, what I've just listed, I could sit here for another half hour and go through his achievements. There is never a wrestler quite like and never will be another wrestler like Terry Funk again, will there?
1: No, I don't think so. I think uh, we have some uh, great wrestlers who are are pushing being in the business for like 20 plus, you know, almost 30 years or something like that, you know. But uh, even then, you know, to be, like you said, to be in the wrestling business for 50 plus years, and to do everything he did, have hands in all the basically every major promotion that you could possibly have, and shoot. As far as I know, not too long ago, what five to ten five years ago at least, or probably a little bit less time than that, he was still working in uh, you know in lower promotions, just still showing up and doing spots and all of that. You know what I'm saying? Because again, if it's one thing, like you said, y'all you talked about beyond the mat. That was not my introduction to uh, Terry Funk because, again, I'm from the southern uh, United States. If it's, one, if it's one of those names I've heard in the South, is Terry Funk. It's, the, it's like you said, it's the Funk. It's Dory Funk. You know what I mean? My, my grandfather, who, again, does not like professional wrestling, he called me and was talking, asking me about, did I hear about Terry Funk and was telling me you know this and that because, again, he remembered the territory days and, and, and Amarillo and Texas and all of that and just what Terry Funk was in professional wrestling, uh, particularly especially in that region of the United States. He's just again, he's just all time great, a legend. He's you know, again, you can make the case that if you don't have Terry Funk, if you're talking about all time and just history, if you don't have him in your in your you know, mentioned or thought of in your top ten, especially if you know him. Uh, something about the history of professional wrestling, then I don't know what you've been watching because, again, that's just how important he ended up being and he is, you know. And uh, a lot of us, a lot of young fans like me probably do remember Terry Funk, but the Terry Funk we saw was, you know, the Terry Funk that was in the WWE and uh, part of the Attitude Era, you know, when he was fighting that match with Mick Foley or, uh, uh, you know, even ECW. I I know growing up when I was younger, I just remember him being very, very old, but still busting out moonsaults. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think he added the moonsaults to his repertoire after age 50. At least that's what I read on the internet. So he just not start doing that to age 50. So just think about this. But, yeah, he was just he was an icon, man. There's nothing like Terry Funk. No one like Terry Funk. What I remember the most from Beyond the mat was that no one had more retirement <laughs> <laughs> or retirement parties than Terry Funk. He was supposed to be done so many times. And he always got that itch or always got the, you know, whatever that feeling is that make you want to get back out there and just entertain and put his body on the line and do everything that he did uh, for our entertainment. So, again, he was just one of the all-time greats. Uh, another one of those guys that you know, uh, just uh, it was an honor to not only be able to watch, but to just hear. Like again, how important he was for just what pro wrestling and what it became. You know, it's kind of crazy. Like if you, depending on how old you are and who you are, you that determines what version of Terry Funk you remember or what version of Terry Funk you got a chance to see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I can, I, I'm pretty sure even at my age now, being in my mid twenties, that I can only mid to late 20s, that I can only grasp a certain era of Terry Funk by comparison to the people who, like you said, remember the, the days against the Briscoes, remember his time in Japan, remember everything that he did all over the world. So, yeah, man, uh, he, he just is one of those all-time greats that will, will definitely be missed. You know, it's, it's kind of in the same vein that you put when Dusty passed or some of the other greats, those just names that you just knew once you heard that name, you, you just thought of professional wrestling. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, Terry Funk, And, and you know, my condolences. That's all. You know, it's, it's tough. But, man, what a legend, dog. What a legend.
0: Well, like I said, I think he lost his, his wife uh, a few years back as well. So, it's nice that they can be uh, reunited. But like you said, Terry Funk was right. just a constant professional. He was a guy who, when he was a kid, wanted to be a wrestler. And that's all he wanted to do, you know. And um, I think you know, seventy nine. It's it's weird because you know, especially like Bray, but seventy nine is still too young, you know. Like middle aged and crazy Funk could be doing, you know, still wrestling at this age, but uh, unfortunately, you know, um, it's just one of these things. That, and again, it, it, it is tough, you know, especially when you get you hear about Funk and you hear about Bray Wyatt and. And it is just difficult sometimes. So, like I said, is a family, and he, he definitely will be missed. But I mean, Funk. I mean, one of his most iconic promos, I think, was in Japan when he was just going just one word, which was forever, 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 forever. And it's like, how many wrestlers could make that work? And I think you've like compared him to Dusty Rhodes. Uh, and, like I said, a true, true icon. Of this business, you know, yeah. I mentioned about Rushmore earlier, but Funk is, you know, like I said, um a true, true legend. I know he gets bounded about, but he will definitely uh, be missed. So now we've got to go back to the G1 then, I suppose, after that. Pick ourselves a little bit on to night 10, July 30th, C-block match. David Finley defeated Hanare. I think Finn's on a bit of a roll. Stop the monster. Um, and it's always funny with certain changes I'm glad Finley changed his finisher to the oblivion because Trash Panda probably didn't have the same <laughs> you know I mean Trash Panda no. you know, yeah you can't <laughs> be
1: a killer it doesn't sound like a killer <laughs> your finisher Trash Panda yeah agreed yeah
0: um, <laughs> B block uh, sorry D block match Torianu defeated Jeff Cobb Cobb came into it undefeated well, until he met Yano, who sprayed Cobb with something and rolled him up in under two minutes. Again, if you're watching, you know, if you were just watching this match and didn't have a clue, you'd be like, "What is going on? You know, why? Is Yano? <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: what, what, what? It's the Yano surprise? Yeah. c block match. But yeah, but no, if you, got, you have uh, no clue about Yano, you're just yeah, like, "What? The, what the hell is this?
0: What is this, man? <laughs> uh, C block match: Eddie Kingston defeated Mikey Nichols. He put him down with his spinning back fist. Tetsu Naito and D block match defeated Alex Cocklin. Uh, Naito played the matador to Cocklin's dumb angry ball. Yeah, uh, it was a tidy ten minutes. C block match: Evil defeated Tomohiro D match: uh, D block Zach Sabre Jr. defeated Shane Haste. Both members of UK, The two played up the same team angle well. Uh, I felt sorry for Vegeta accompanying both men to the ring. Cause he ran <laughs> back to the top before Zack's entrance. He was asked to choose which <laughs> member he liked better. He couldn't. You see, it's funny because I would never ask Jackson and Gina that because I know their answer. It's the same. Do you know what I mean? It's the same. I would never put myself in that situation. Uh, but, you know, if Vegeta couldn't pick and who would, Zack won without too much fuss. I mean, if that's how they kick a friend, I fear for their enemies, you know. Because yeah, they they were laying it in, yeah. man.
1: <laughs> we have C yeah, block. They C, were laying it
0: in. Block C match Shingo uh, versus Tama Tonga went for a time limit draw. D block match Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Hiroki Go There was a slight botch towards the end, but I don't think nothing to moan about. So the score so far. We're going to have a look at the block standings as of July 30th. So A block at the moment, Sonada on 10 points, Keita Kimiara on 6 with Sho Rumina, Gabe Kid on 5, Chase Holmes on 4, Hiklei on 4, CG uh, on 3, Narita on 2. Uh, B block, Will Osprey 8 points with Akada, Toichi on 6, Kenta on 4 with Yoshihashi and El Fantasma and Tangaloa. With Greater Khan on two, C block Finn on eight with Evil, Tamatong on seven, Dick Shingo on five, Mikey, Aaron, Hanare and Tomarishi on two. And the D block Jeff Cobb on eight with Zach Saber Junior. Naito Tanahashi on six. Gottu Haste on four. Cochran on two, Torianu on two as well. So as we look at is there any surprises at this moment in that lineup? up? There's not really. I think that's the way we thought it was going to go, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think maybe, uh, you probably didn't think Shingo would be as low as he was. But honestly, like, in that block, if you look at everyone above him, you know, besides Evil, but you know how Evil wins, you pretty much be like, okay, all right, I, I, you can take that. And uh, but yeah, pretty much everything else, you know, seemed to be lining up. You know, having Kaito right behind Sonata, you know, that's what you would assume looking at the blocks, you know, and uh Yeah. Naito still in the game, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that this is uh pretty. Other than maybe Shingo's current standing, but he was still much, very much in it at that. point. But it was the other than that, I think everything was pretty much how you would expect.
0: So night eleven, August first, it was the last of the A and B block combined shows since the final matches. The blocks get their own night. So block A match, Hikileu defeat Kato, yeah. Kiyomiya. Mia, a power slam, a choke slam, to give Young another win. He is truly the destroyer of the young guys. <laughs> Once again, we've got the story of Hikaleu <laughs> finding his groove right at the end of G1. Kiryu is finding it hard to stop between this loss and a count out in his last match. And again, Hikaleu was done a yeah. couple of matches ago and now building momentum. Saint clicked in the big oh all 0-3. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Yeah. Clicked. No, he picked it up. He picked it up. Like you said, he figured it out. And I, I, what I love the most about what you just said is that that's what the G1 is all about, what you said about Kaito. You know, <laughs> because that's what it is, especially as it started to get later. You start to look ahead and be like, oh, man, it's this cost Costa. You know, <laughs> this and that. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh,
0: B- B-block match. Great Khan defeated Yoshihashi. While Khan is out, he officially spoiled Yoshihashi's tournament. Uh, A-block match. Rennerita defeated Chase Owens. B-block match. El Fantasma defeated Taichi. June Taichi's entrance. ELP talked to Kevin Kelly about his second win against Kenta and comment in uh, about Taichi's entrance. We got a block A match. Sanado, Babe, Kidd, the champion, still has a perfect score, and his next opponent is Owens. So I'm not saying he's going to win, like, perfectly, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> block B match. Tango Loa defeated Will Ospreay. What? Just as Osprey was get back in the ring, Loa went back and speared the hell out of him. And for the count out victory, which kind of tells you a little thing as well, you know, count. I love it.
1: I... Right, you protect Will, and again, like you said, Tonga Law, who honestly, in my opinion, he get he get he got he got killed for, in this tournament. But honestly, coming off the type of knee injury he had, where the ACL and the MCL was damaged, and the fact that he was a tag guy with Tonga for a long time. He was just really trying to figure out how to wrestle, uh, you know, longer matches on his own when he got hurt. So now coming back right into the G1, they threw him right into the fire. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people nitpicking everything he do. I'm like, all right, relax. But Tonga Lua realized I'm not beating Osprey, so I'm just going to make sure <laughs> that he can't get answer this counter. I just love the strategy behind it. Just like, I'll take my points however I have to get it. Now, who didn't like it was O'Connor. He absolutely hated it, but yeah, uh, we'll get to that in a second.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, block A match. yozu uh, Suji defeated Shoto Umino. One minute left. Suji blocked the man, what a match! And quickly did the spear and Won the match. Future is looking bright, like you said. Uh, shooter got a bloody nose in more ways than one then. But again, this is yeah. saying that, again, it must be more exciting for you to, the potential for these two to kind of like, even headline like a Wrestle Kingdom down the line. Do you know
1: what I mean? And oh, man. You know, like. Yeah, and then again, like I always mention this when we talk about these guys, Ren, Shota, Suji, I watched all of their Young, young Line era. And, again, young, uh, Shota, uh, you know, Shota and uh, Ren Reader, they used to draw all the time as Young Lions. So it's kind of cool that even as, you know, in the next level, they continue to draw. But to see Suji, who would get beat by a lot of the uh, – to Ren and uh, – and uh Shota back in the day. He would lose a lot of his matches as a young line to those guys. To see how good, I don't know how good Suji is at this level, but to see him and how well him and Shota matched up here, it definitely has me excited for what feuds would look like uh between these two down the line. So you're hundred percent right, man. I feel like a a special uh you know, uh, like a, a proud papa in a sense, yeah. <laughs> watching all those young guys mature and, and fight at Wrestle Kingdom one day. <laughs> yeah, That's
0: shadow of a doubt. Uh, B block match Kajukika Okada defeating Kento. I don't know why I said that. It's been a long <laughs> day. Uh, GTS was avoided. Okada did two landslides of the Rainmaker to finally end this match. So Kento is eliminated. But it's weird for what you're just saying about these young guys. For me, like it's weird to think a couple of years ago these were the two well most most well yeah. known stars for me. Like yeah. I knew Kento obviously, and I knew Akada. Heard about him, and now I think like fucking hell it has. Like you do learn, and like I said, you start appreciating a lot more talent, even if it's been a couple of years, you know. So um, it is really yeah. really interesting. That's awful. Night thirteen, August second, the last c n d D Block joint show. Alex Cocklin defeated Hiroshi. Tanahashi. Yes. Cotlin did it. He pace. Jack Hammer gets the job done. We this loss. Tanahashi is officially uh, out. Well, I guess it's really mm-hmm. hard to win a block or a semi-spot. But I mean, Coughlin, the, the, the G1's worth it for him to get a victory over yeah. Tanahashi now. I mean, it's fucking brilliant.
1: Oh, 100%. It does wonders for him. Not only his confidence, but at the end of the day, you can always say, no matter what stage of the career you want to say, you beat Tanahashi in the G1 in an important match for Tanahashi that would have kept him right in the thick of things going into the, uh, the last block matches. So, yeah, man, it was a, a huge victory for Kaufman. And uh, watch the match back. Kaufman wrestled a really good match, man, in this match uh, with Tanahashi. So I was really, really proud there to see not only Kaufman win, but uh, just again, to see that result and to see how good Coughlin looked while getting it, it just says a lot about what New Japan thinks uh, about what Coughlin can be if, um, you know, given the right amount of time and booking,
0: of Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Block C match, Mikey Nichols defeated Evil. Uh, probably my favorite match was a block D match between Toriyano Yanu and Shane, defeating Shane <laughs> Haste. Yanu went with a big hat. That looks especially like a blindfold to count the a Haste hat. He want to exchange Hayes was willing to do it if Yanu promised not to throw it away and agreed to. Hayes put on Yanu's hat. Yanu ran and pulled on it, covered his face, proving it was indeed a blindfold. After going under the ring, Hayes came out with a bucket taped to his head and was able to get back in the ring and avoid the count out. He wrestled blindly for a while, but when he took it off, Yanu did a low blow and then pinned him. This was so much fun. Shane has been great and comedy gold. And Yanu. Well, it's just Yarny, but I mean Shane here is he's just—he's a breakout star. I don't want to say it, but like it was hilarious.
1: Yeah, man. Again, I think this is another strong suit of the G One. That's funny—you love this, and I think Melzer like tried to give it like negative <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> three stars or something like that. I don't know. He hated it, but yeah, I mean, I, I know what to expect coming into a Yarno match. So I don't know what he what scale he yeah, even had, but. Uh, but, yeah, like, what are you rating this on? Of course it's not Omega and O'Connor, Meltzer. Come on, relax. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, it was very, very fun. And uh, like you said, it was, a, a, again, it's not – the only thing I always say about on now at this point is that maybe it's time for Yon to not be in these prominent uh, matches. But I, I will always add that as much as I don't think Yano needs to necessarily be in the G1 every year anymore – uh, I will miss him when he's not in there because <laughs> I've just gotten used to it at the end of the day, knowing uh, in one block, no matter the card, we're going to get a Yano match somewhere in there and it's going to be entertaining. And like you said, Shane Hayes, TMDK in general, is one of my, again, one of my favorite things about the G1 is how tag teams, uh, if you uh, I think it happened in the New Japan Cup with uh Aussie Open. You know, again, you don't, you get a chance to see these guys in a singles format. And you just like, you you never really got a chance to see them. You know, you see them working together. You know, they're a great team, but what can they do one on one? And you saw that. And and him and Mikey are two completely different styles. Mikey is very physical. (laughs) You love that. You love, you know, know, beating himself into a pulp to get blood, (laughs) you know, uh, using a headbutt. He did it multiple times, actually. And then you have Shane, who's just genuine entertainment. Every time he does something for New Japan, I'd be like, they really thought. They really put him in a mask and call him Slapjack. I know I've repeated that a lot, guys, but I'm just dumbfounded <laughs> when I think about yeah. that. The WWE did not see any of this personality because he, that's all I get from Shane Ace. It's just personality. So it's just crazy to me sometimes how WWE can just zap that personality out of a guy <laughs> when they give yeah, them yeah. a character or they're trying to fit in or whatever the situation is when you go to WWE sometimes. But yeah, Shane is awesome.
0: We get C block action with Hanare defeating Tomohiro Ishii. A fight for pride since both men eliminated. But big boys hitting the shit out of each other is always fun in my <laughs> book. You know, I've not, I've got, not got an issue. Yeah. Uh, block D match, Horekogoto defeated Jeff Cobb. Gotu was still in and Cobb could not take advantage in the tournament. C match, the Kingston defeated Tammy Tonga. Another hard-hitting fun match. Just two men going out, Neither had an advantage. In the end, Kingston was the best this night. Yeah, I think he's the contender to win the block. Block D match, Tetsu Naito defeated Zack Sabre Jr. United did the quick pinning combination out of nowhere and won the match. He's a step close to winning the block, tying up points against Cobb and Sabre. Um, I think these two are my favourites. Zack Sabre. <laughs> no, yeah, I think even looking back on the G1 and thinking, what ma- I think I watched every single one of their matches as well. Uh, C block, yes. Shingo defeated David Finlay. Clothesline, the last dragon gave Shingo a win and, won, and once again tie things up on the block. So the next four events are the last block matches. So night 13, August 5th. After 12 nights of block competition, we've reached four cars. That will determine the knockout stage for the G1. First up is A block. We'll call Sonada already came tonight, locked in a knockout stage after winning the A-block in a complete runaway. However, we've got Hikuleu, Kato, and Shooter is still uh, still eligible. So let's find out. So A-block match, Yota Suji defeated Gabe Kidd. Whilst he was making the entrance, he got the Gabe Kidd sneak attack. However, this one came with a twist. As Kidd was beating up who we thought was Yota Suji <laughs> on the floor, the real Yota Suji walked down the entrance ramp and delivered a big yee. We won't find out, but it turns out Yota Suji actually has an identical twin brother named Shooter <laughs> Suji.
1: What the fuck is this, Monty? Yeah, I was just as surprised as all of you. I was so confused at first. I think even the crowd in Japan, they were like, they were you know kind of dead silent at first, like, oh, how's it two Suji? You know, they kind of they look built similar, even though I guess eventually, once you finally saw Sue, you say, Oh no, this Sue's just a little smaller. <laughs> but it was great. And once Gabriel Kid found out, I just love how he, he made sure to pick the mic up and curse them both out. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was awesome. It was a very awesome surprise. Nice twist to the Gabe Kid formula. And again, it pays to watch. Uh, and for me, for someone who watched every single show, <laughs> As they were happening, it made me feel very, very validated for watching all of that because I've was like, I've watched Gay Kid jump people. I was like, New Japan, are you going to start making Gay come out first finally? They did it once, but they stopped doing it. And then I was like, okay, all right, what are you going to – Sonata, I was so mad at Sonata. One time, Sonata just walked out for inches regularly like Gay Kid wasn't going to do it. I'm like, come on, man, you got to be smarter. So finally, somebody in the block final, Suji, was like, nope. I'm I'm thinking ahead. He's gonna attack me, so let let me use my brother. It was genius. It was genius. Didn't even know he had a twin brother, but yeah, man, it was awesome. And also recently, in a, a press conference interview, he used his brother instead of showing up for the press conference. <laughs> so yeah, this is obviously gonna be his new thing, I guess. <laughs> no, that's fair. Look,
0: we all loved Eric Angle back in the day, didn't we? So I suppose this is gonna be no
1: different. right. <laughs> Let's just do that.
0: Uh Suji win takes him up to seven points, which by the time the night was over ended up being good enough for third place, not able outing for his first G one in a block match. Ren Narita defeated Kaito Kimiori, even though Kaito was still alive coming to the show he wasn't exactly in the most ideal situation. Unfortunately, none of these scenarios really would come to pass as he lost with match to Ren in just over fifteen minutes when Narita counted an attempted China wizard. Into the front suplex with a bridge to score a pin. The crowd absolutely loved this. A block match. Sonada defeated Chase Owens. He came down to the ring with his left arm all wrapped up and Chris Channel explained he suffered some sort of injury against Gabe Kidd. Sonada got the win with dead falls expected and finished off the block stage with a perfect seven and O record. I guess so with Sonada. It's not really much of a surprise, especially with kind of like the young guys in the group, you know. If if it had a loss, it would probably be the yeah. upset.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think the only one, even if even with Chase being there a decade, the only guy I ever remotely thought was would beat him and earn a title shot was probably Kaito. Like not only was the match played perfectly, like you said, that kind of breakneck finish that Sonata basically barely won there within the time limit. But uh, also just the fact that I was like, well, that would give Kaito uh, it would give, it would give a reason for Kaito to come back and not necessarily have to win the block or anything. But, you know, Sonata going perfect was also, like I said, the best outcome if you're trying to validate Sonata and make him look like a dominant champion.
0: Yeah, right down. A block match, Hekele versus Shota Umino. So it all comes down to this with Kaito's loss early in the night meant the winner of this match. Would advance in the knockout stage. Uh, of course, like two said,
1: friends, I- by the way. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. I know- good friends here. Yeah, they actually love each other. Oh, Hikale- a real pro.
0: Oh wow, I did not know that. Uh, like you they were about really H-
1: close.
0: Hikulea dropped the first three matches, but he's been on a three-match winning streak. He managed to successfully carry that momentum into this bout. He put Umino away with his godsend choke slam to secure second place. The result was definitely a major surprise. I mean, I didn't really expect Hikulea to make it this fucking far. So for him to get through is it because they just couldn't decide of the other three musketeers then?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think yeah they definitely didn't want to favor one. I believe honestly, if you weren't going to book, I think once they lumped them in together, that might have been a reason. But also, I think and like I mentioned before, I told you guys with Jonah, big guys in Japan, <laughs> you almost always can bet on them. Honestly, you're right. I. At first, like, I understood why you said you kind of wasn't paying attention to him, because especially the way he started, I get it. And his, you know, again, his press conference, he didn't really say much. Again, it's just, I understand, he went on the radar. But for me coming into it, I actually thought he had a really good chance because, again, like I said, size, they usually don't book against it unless you're really top of the top when it comes to size. But, again, the way he started, I was like, oh, okay, well, they, no, they said screw He off <laughs> So, you know, I, I kind of re- refocused and shifted my attention to other, you know, other places, Kaito and, you know, the young guys. But, again, he picked it up, got on a run, and I think it was a great example of just how a lot of times, sometimes the hottest wrestler can win a block, and that's exactly what happened for Leo. He just got the hottest besides Sonata in that block, and that's how come he ended up second place.
0: Yeah. So, well, final eight block stand is Chase Owens uh, on four points with a two and five record. Gabe Kidd, two, four and one, five points. Shu Umino, two, three and two with six points. Kaito, two, three and two with six points. Ren, you can guess, two, three and two with six points. Yotisuji, <laughs> three, three and one, seven points. Hikileu, four and three, eight points. Advances to the D block winner on night 17. And Sonada, seven and zero oh, fourteen 14 points. Course runs uh, faces the C block runner up on night seventeen. So night fourteenth, then August sixth, last of the B block matches. Acada is already in the playoffs, where he finished first or second depends on everything else. Uh, as for the other playoff, Will Osprey ELP Osprey needs to win or draw to advance, while Phantasma must win or else he's done. So B block match: Kenta defeated Joshua Hassi. Kento ends his G1 at 3 and 4. Yoshihashi ends his at 2 at 6. B-block, uh, Great Akarn defeated Tai. Kevin and Chris made mention throughout the tournament that Akarn was stuck in a rut. They both finished their G1s at 3 and 4. Kazuchika, Okada defeated Tanga Loa. Loa had a rough go of it at this g one. First tour back, like I said, in over a year. And he admitted in the opening press conference he wasn't 100%. Okada already shot on him the day before in his backstage comments when he said Loa was boring. Had no heart, no fire, and was at least qualified of anyone to be in the G one. What a cunt! Oh, wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh Tell me how goodness. you really feel, like <laughs> real. <laughs> <laughs> well, Akala clinches first place in B block with six and one record. Lower finishes three and four, and then Will Osprey versus L Phantasma with time dwindling and the fans giant "ELP." Phantasma went for a big move off the top and got a cut for his troubles. Osprey hit the Oz cut and a hidden blade for 2.9 in what would be Phantasma's last gasp. A storm drive, night three on ELP's injured neck, sealed the deal with just over a little uh, minute left on the clock. ELP said afterwards he was knackered and feels like he's let everybody down. So the final B block standards Yoshashi 4, Great Khan, Kenta, Tangalova, Taichi L, Phantasma on 6. We lost 3-on-8, advances to face the C-Block winner, and Kazuchika Okada on 10, advances to D-Block, runner-up night 17. 9th, August 8th is the C-Block, where we have five of the eight wrestlers alive coming into Yokohama. Atomi Ishii defeated Mikey Nichols, uh, Tamatonga versus Hanare. The scenario for Tamatonga was simple. He needed to win this match. He didn't. Uh, well, no, he did. He managed to do just that <laughs> as he put away. <laughs> he did. He did. Uh, he put an away with a J drill, a and headbutt attempt, and a super mm-hmm. punch. D block match David Finley versus Eddie Kingston. The starters of both. Eddie and David were pretty clear. Whoever would win advanced to the playoff with a first place finish. Mm-hmm. Finland would emerge victorious after putting Kingston away into oblivion. So that's Eddie basically done there. So what's your thoughts on uh, Eddie Kingston's G1 run? Because like I said, he has a couple of real killer matches there.
1: Yeah, man, I think he had a really impressive run. I think uh he's he's gonna be welcome whenever he decides to come back, whether it's New Japan or just another promotion in Japan. Whenever he comes back to Japan, he's gonna be welcome with open arm. You can just hear throughout every match and even I think it kind of increased as as the tournament went on, he just got more and more crowd support wherever they went. And his style, again, I think we mentioned it, it just meshed really, really well with a lot of the roster. They put him in the perfect block with Shingo, with Hanare, with uh, you know Tamahiro Ishi. you know what I mean? Uh, and even here with Finley, I thought this was a really good match that brought out the best in Dave. I thought he did a good job. Uh, getting a, a pretty good match out of Dave, too. So, yeah, man, the Tom of Tonga match was cool. So, again, you know, he had, like you said, a really good uh, list of matches. He's another one of those guys that I'm not going to say that you would put him in the same breath as what Osprey's body of work was in the tournament, but you definitely could watch all, only Eddie Kingston's matches and see some really good stuff, you know what I mean? So, yeah, man, I, th- I thought he did a really good job, and uh, I always I, I already liked him. It's amazing to me how, at first, I, it's not that I didn't like Eddie Kingston. I just didn't really. He never really made me, you know, care too much. And I started to realize that I judged some people that I saw in Impact back in the day so wrong, not based on any merit of whether they were good or not. It just had a lot of time, a lot to do with what how they were presented in Impact. And impact treated. I I recently went back and saw some of what Eli Drake or L.A. Knight was, and I just was like, oh, they really booked him horribly. So no wonder, (laughs) no wonder I didn't really like him like that. You know, he's kind of off as annoying. They kind of treated him as an afterthought. And the same thing, if you look at Eddie Kingston's career there, to an extent, he didn't really do much to make you care much about him, in my opinion, uh, by comparison to what he's done, not only on the AEW banner, but again, here in Japan. So, just to watch him now, and just to see where how I look at him now is kind of amazing to me. But yeah, man, I think G1 was a very positive uh, experience for him, and hopefully this opens the door for more AEW talent who who Tony can't find anything to do, uh, anything for them to do in you know in August or you know in in July and all that. You know, I hope hopefully he sends more guys over. You know what I'm saying? You know, I think that'll be. Uh something that they could do as long as they're gonna continue to work with New Japan and do Forbidden Door, I think they should send more AW guys over to the G1. So.
0: Yeah. This is like, I was gonna talk about later as well. But again, even with a lineup, you make you sure wonder where like Lance
1: Archer was. You know, like you I, exactly. I wonder that all the time when it comes to since he signed the AW <laughs> like where the hell is left? I don't know, man. I I really can't explain to you why it seems like every all the fans and anyone who watches him in Japan, you know the Japanese bookers know it. How special Lance is. I don't see why Tony hasn't got that memo yet. I don't know what the hangup is there. Uh,
0: we get Evil versus Shingo. Both guys make their entrances, the ringing out some made the crowd aware that if Evil wins, he advances to the playoffs at ten. If Shingo wins, he'll be sitting in the second place, tie with Tama Tonga. Evil shoved Red Shoes out of the way so he could hit a low blow and followed up with Everything is Evil for the <laughs> win. So the Man, final. what a
1: match. It was um, so dramatic. Just to have Evil do what he does every, every time. It's just. Uh, again, and again. I was going to say, she would have fought Tama too right after that. So they were going to double book him. So I guess I should have known how it was going to turn out. <laughs> but I was like, y'all been teasing this whole. You know playoff thing coming to a head let's just let's just see what happens, but no, they didn't do it, but yeah man, evil <laughs> so deflating when he just does it the exact same way every time it's like
0: uh, yeah. again, not being a not being horrible to evil, but everybody else in that group I could have taken that position you know to to finish second you know when you consider like yeah. You know, Eddie Kingston, Shingo, Ishii, even the way Hanare was as well. I mean, like I said, the, the final C-block stand is Mikey Nick four points, with two and five record. Hanare, two and five, four points. Ishii, two and five, four points. Shingo, three, three and one, seven. Kingston, four and three on eight. Tamatonga, four, two, one on nine. Uh, and, of course, seven, two, ten points. Advances to, advances to face Sanada on night, 17. Finlay. With 10 points advances to face Will Ospreay. So, Finley, you won, but you have to face Will Ospreay. So, you know, it's like gonna do, gonna <laughs> right. um, good luck. Yeah, night 16, August 9th, the final D block night. Uh, Tetsuy Nito, Jeff Cobb, and Zach Sabrina tied up exactly eight points. So, there are the matches to watch. Alex Cochran defeated Tory. There were no jokes, no tape, no laughs, just a pissed off man. And it was Janu. He was a pissed-off man, but it still wasn't enough. <laughs> Alex got the jackhammer to win. Shane Hayes versus Jeff Cobb. Well, Hayes pulled Cobb's tournament with a count-out draw, thereby helping Zack Sabre Jr. by eliminating one of his competitors. Well, that was the story of the match. Cobb trying to stay alive, and Hayes, who was eliminated, being a good stable mate. <laughs> he choked! Oh, I mean, how good was that, Like holding Cobb to 22nd now? Uh, Zach Sabre Jr. versus Gotu. Well, Sabre's in the quarterfinals. Thanks to Cobb's elimination. This win gave Sabre a ticket to tomorrow's show. Now it's about where it we'll be first or second place. Eddie Kingston joined the commentary. Zach Sabre Jr. got the win with the Cobra twist after 14 minutes. But it was revealed on the official New Japan page that Zach Sabre Jr. has redubbed the move. When did they put all the Argos inside the Sainsbury's? Now, for those outside the UK, <laughs> this is a reference to a catalog chain so Argos, nice. with many Argos outlooks now being positioned in Sainsbury since 2016. It's just a really yes. table slice of Britannia from the new Japan, uh, world television champion, with other moves <laughs> such as the Tesco Mill Deal, Barry from EastEnders, mm-hmm. and the Sunday Rail Engineering Works replacement bus service. I fucking love Zack Sabre Jr. I really, really do. I just, everything he puts down fucking up at this moment in time, you know?
1: Again, for my money, I love, I love me some Brian Danielson. I promise you, I-, I will, but that's my guy. I swear. I- if Naito is my favorite wrestler, Zack Sabre Jr., in my opinion, is the best wrestler in the world. The only reason why is, he- I- it doesn't matter who he's fighting, doesn't matter what he's doing, I can watch him like I like I said, I, I've seen people watch Kenny Omega wrestle a blow-up doll or a little girl. Like I'm telling you, Zach is literally that good too. He can tie up anybody, anything, and I would watch it. I don't care what it is. So yeah, man. Uh, again, he uh, and the, the, again, so cheeky, so smart. That's another thing too. Very very smart, genius pro wrestler, man. And that's what I love the most about him, man. Uh, just. Yeah, it's just, uh, I can go on forever but how good Zach is. And the goal, he got a really good match out of an injured Goto, by the way. Goto wrestled this whole tournament pretty much with a messed up rib after the same ace match. So, yeah, uh, Goto is still very damn good at early, in his early 40s. So, uh, just, just in case anyone was wondering, I love Hiroki Goto also.
0: <laughs> well, Tetsu uh, and Aito defeated Hiroshi Tenahashi. Before the match, it was announced that Cobb could make a pass, but it didn't happen Naito won the block, even though he tied up with Sabre because he beat Sabre in the tournament match. Uh, Both men look great. It's full of tension with the story of two men who know each other counting everything. Tanahashi's Mm -hmm. desperation as the clock was ticking down with more pin attempts as time flew by. Yet Naito, in the end, was able to sustain everything and land a final blow. Yes, Naito. I said that, didn't I? So D Black, Toriyanu, two and five and four points. Shane Ho Shane Hayes two, four and one with five points. Alex Cockburn three and four on six. We've got to three and four and Tanahashi. Jeff Cobb nine points. Four two and one. And Naito and Sabre five wins, two losses, both on ten. So the quarterfinal line is set. Sonada versus Evil, Okada versus Axe Jr., Finney versus Will, Naito versus Hick. Is there any surprises in that court
1: final lineup, Monty? I think Hikaleo is definitely the biggest shock if even just going on name value. Uh especially because him and Naito de- didn't really have much history either going into their uh to their match. So it was uh, very interesting to see how that turned out. Uh, you know, Zach and Okada have a long history. Uh, so I, I was really looking forward to what the next installment of their match would be. Even Evil and Sonata, former tag team partners. Every time Evil every time Evil fights a a former LIJ member or stable mate, I'm always a little bit more invested because I always want to see will that old Evil come back? Usually he don't. And if he does come back, it's not for long. And again, um having uh, like you said, Will Osprey and David Finley history again. I think Finley uh, beat him in the, I think it was the New Japan Cup, or it was the G1-2 last year, I think. Beat him in the New Japan Cup and the G1-2 before he even turned heel. So what would happen with this new aggressive version of uh, Finley? So it was a, I was really, uh, you know, pretty much, uh, other than Hikaleo being surprisingly there, I was satisfied with the final because it was like, oh, okay, I think I can see a point, a case for everyone being here. This is pretty good. It's a pretty good final. We'll see how things uh, shake out.
0: Yeah without shadow of a So let's get to it then. Night seventeenth, August tenth. We are at the quarterfinals, and the first quarterfinal of the match is Tetsuya Naito versus Hekule. Between the work and the knee, the countless slams and signature moves on the necks. Naito had total control. When I mean, it seemed a big match had a match in his favour, Naito counted for one, two, but three trote some attempts. Even a run in Destina was counted nasty, bit in the end. Naite was able to find the opportunity for Destinino to win and go to the semis quarterfinal match with Osprey versus David Finlay. Finlay entered with the War Dogs. Osprey was backed up by Akan and Jeff Cobb. Immediately, the match started with hair pulling. With Finlay hitting Osprey in the eyes, when he's going to powerbomb Osprey into it, Cobb threw the table away, pushed Finlay. With the referee had no choice but to get rid of Cobb. With distraction. Osprey was attacked by the War Dogs. Ref bump, War Dogs attacked Osprey, but it was taken out by the returning Khan and Cobb. Ring was cleared, Osprey went for a hidden blade and was hit with a shillelagh. The referee ran down with a two-count, an exciting final sequence. Osprey was able to escape the trash panda and hit the Stormbreaker for the win. Uh, i tell you something, don't get me wrong, the first match was fun. Maybe we kind of knew the result. This one, Finley stepped up because Will is, like we talk about a generational wrestler, but Finn proved that he could go with one of the world's best.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the like you said, the first match was fun. Uh, it was also more so about how do you combat the power of uh, of the big man. Uh, but this one, like you said, Finley was definitely out. And I think at this point, that's where Osprey is, especially on the New Japan roster. Every match he has, not only going to get international eyes at this point, especially coming off the match with Kenny Omega. But, you know, the critics, the Meltzers, all these guys are going to be watching, you know, whenever Ospreay fights. So when you're, when you're a new character, like, or you're in a position where David Finley is, this was a proving ground to see, do you have the potential to be in those last matches fighting the Okada, fighting Naito, fighting some of the bigger names in New Japan? And I think he showed in this match that uh, this with this new character and this new aggressive style and, you know, with everything uh, considered, he can, uh, you know, be in that spot next to a Will Ospreay. And also, I want to point out that for most of the tournament, uh, Dave Finley did not need help, but he knew against Will Ospreay. <laughs> I'm going to turn this into a little bit of gang warfare by bringing the War Dogs out, in the, you know, into this situation. So, uh, But no, it was still a, a really, really cool match. I, I, I came away impressed with Finley, and I think, honestly, that's the goal. Because like you said, at this point, Osprey is the measuring stick, man.
0: I think without shadow, no doubt how good will is. You know. Um, anyway, we go from amazing action to evil versus Sonada. Final match. Togo pulled the ref out. Red shoes for cover. Togo and evil went for a double attack. That like Sonada countered, throwing Togo out and hitting a shiner wizard on evil. Referee is back in the ring and evil countered a deadfall with an eye rake. Another deadfall countered. Everything in evil. And darkness still reigns in the G1. You're fucking joking. Well, I hope people enjoy Evil versus right? NADA for future total defenses because I'm not. All right? I mean, he that's was, exactly what was happening. What the <laughs> fucking hell?
1: You know? Like, oh, on. man. What a letdown, right? <laughs> hey, man. I, I, someone, Some great New Japan fan on Twitter did explain it in a way to me to make me feel slightly better about the result. Says Sonata is basically battling his past so far in this title reign, you know, uh, fighting Hiromu, fighting a new LIJ member, and then now uh, another ex partner, ex LIJ member in Evil. So I get it, but, you know, again, the way Evil does things and just the way this came together, it definitely, especially when the guy was four, especially when Sonata was 14 and old. And my only problem, my biggest gripe with this is that we just seen in the match against O'Collins not too long ago. That evil pulled out all the stops he could <laughs> to try to. uh, to, uh... Oh, no, we haven't seen it yet. My fault. I'm skipping <laughs> it. Sorry. But yeah. I, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but the point is, he didn't need much help. He only needed to dig Togo, and he basically beats yeah. Sonata clean. And that's the thing. When you, after screwing everyone, everyone he fights, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, he did it pretty much the same way. He screwed Sonata here, but it wasn't exactly the same you know he pretty much took him out you know easily at least you would say for evil standard and we'll talk about a match right after this that validates my point but yeah oh yeah like uh, anyway
0: <laughs> yeah. no when yeah. you're talking about a card of an evil it was like a was terminator like, nothing right. gonna stick. <laughs> the and entire Tanada, house was... <laughs> The match before was literally just, like, one move and done. You know, I wonder who they who do they the biggest star. Right. You know, like...
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of the quarterfinals, the last quarterfinal that we had was Kazuchika Okada versus Zack Sabre Jr. Both men started elbowing each other while on the knees. Sabre so got the advantage when he hit a clothesline. Both were doing pinning packages at 20-minute call. Dropkick, slaps, they were throwing everything they had left. Excuse me, Akada hit a rolling rainmaker. Sabre tries to fight back with submission, but Akada answers quickly back with a landslide and a rainmaker to pass on to the semifinals. One Four day, minutes. Zach, one day you'll get through, son. You know, you're you're on you're <laughs> a precipice of it, but you keep having these great matches. And again, yeah, what a match. You know, Zach and Akada shouldn't really work, but it's just really, really good stuff, you know.
1: And Again, it's one of my things about just how great Zach is, and just how he can just wrestle any style. But him and O'Connor, man, when they the way they fight each other is just such so, such a great athletic contest and marvel of a of a style of match. It's, what I love the most about it is Zach, especially fighting fighting Osprey. It can make you emotional, and the way he fights Okada, they have they're a perfect match too. But Zach is a perfect match for Okada, also but in a completely different style and manner. And I think that's what kind of, that's what makes you understand that, you know, why they're not only in this position in the elite eight, basically, but also why, you know, just again, they are awesome. And two of the best wrestlers in the world, in my opinion, because again, uh, you know, fight with well, three of them, if you count Osprey, if you add him in there too. So again, I just think the fact that you can have a great match, but it's a completely different style, than the other emotional match that you had with uh with Osprey is just it is just incredible that, that they're that good and it just it just builds. I think they they the matches builds perfectly. It gets more and more intense each hold, each reversal and Zach trying to match Okada's physical style, but at the same time Okada trying to come back to submissions and the technical expertise. Again, they they just never miss and I think this is another great addition to the rivalry. Yeah, I
0: think that um yeah, unfortunately, we go from that to <laughs> night 18 to 12, which was the Kazuchika Okada versus Evil first semi final match. A double team fisherman buster sets up for Dick Togo. Fist drop to Okada held upside down so Togo can hit Okada's <laughs> balls, and the ref comes too as Evil picks up a two count. He avoids a low blow, hits the land side after the ref was shoved aside. Um, Okada was dropped with everything is evil but kicked out. You know, that might be kick the out. champion. Not yeah, out that might beat Sonata <laughs> That ain't gonna beat a mate, alright. The second <laughs> everything is evil was block, but his sit down pin only gets a card with an earful before everything is a cada connects, then a cobra flosion before evil gets put up for a rainmaker and yeah. a oh gets the goodness. win. I mean it's same old shit for evil, but it's weird seeing a yeah. put up with this. You know, like the champ,
1: but I'm not right. the champ.
0: was just like, I'm going to fucking win. All right? I'm not fucking around.
1: Right. Uh, and uh, and that's the only thing. I say, after you watch O'Connor's match with evil, and then you watch Sonata's match with evil, come back and tell me which one of these guys is the IWGP heavyweight <laughs> <anyway> champion. <laughs> because that's, that's the biggest thing. I was like, oh, man, you guys made your heavyweight champion look really strong here. <laughs> so... Yeah, no, that's my biggest gripe, even though it was a fantastic match. But, again, to watch O'Connor basically thwart the entire house of torture while Dick Togo and Evil were more than enough for the world champion. I know it's setting up a title match, but I'm just saying, wow.
0: (laughs) It's pretty crazy. I mean, Carl like said, is looking for three in a row, and who would bet against him? But the question now was who would face him in the final because the second semifinal was Will Ospreay, uh, versus Tetsuya Naito. Naito tried to go for Destino early, but Osprey countered with a hidden blade attempt as we hit a stalemate slam. Looks up Osprey for a leap of fifth, which connects for another two count. So Ospreay results for a Stormbreaker, but Naito's run out for a two, then fell into a thrust kick from Osprey. Naito ducks a hidden blade, but collapses as he tries to counter back. Osprey pulls up Naito, but he's out on his feet before Stormbreaker gets twisted, in Destino For a second one, Osprey kicks out the last second. For a third, Destinino lands to put Osprey away. Monty, what a match! They had the crowd in the palm of their hands, didn't they?
1: (laughs) Yes, man. From the beginning, you know, at first I thought Naito would be over by far, but Osprey seemed like the one. The guy seemed like the crowd was at the beginning really wanted him to win, but as Naito accrued so much damage and kept battling and he kicked out of basically three straight finisher type maneuvers from uh Osprey. But even before that, before he kicked out of those finishers and got the crowd on his side, he, he would just de- oh my God, he was a neck hunter. And I love when Naito was in neck hunter mode with the neck breaker on the, you know, <laughs> on the apron and all of that. And just just the way thing the way they way he fights when he's like that is just he's on another level when he's motivated. Like you said, out on his feet, a hook kick hit him legitimately in the face. He was out. Osprey. the only thing you can even say that was a negative here is that he was, in my opinion, legitimately out. Because if you listen to the English commentary, not the Japanese commentary, Japanese commentary you can't really hear. But in the English commentary, you can hear clearly that Osprey was guiding Naito towards the end of that match and helping him through because he was legitimately looked like he was out on his feet. And for them to still hit on all cylinders, and still complete that finish, and like you said, take that crowd on that beautiful roller coaster ride that culminated with uh, with Naito overcoming Osprey, kind of getting revenge for not being able to beat him last year in this very same spot. It was just beautiful, beautiful stuff. And you know me, like I said, Naito is my favorite wrestler. Osprey. You know, again, I say I, I like Zach as one of the, as the best, really, to me at least. My favorite got one of my favorites to watch, but you, no one can argue that Osprey is probably number one with the run he's been on. So for Naito to be able to show, again, my biggest thing is that he showed not only you but any other new watchers that are out there who may not know much much or haven't been on on this journey like as long as I have with Naito to see Naito be able to overcome someone like Osprey and really hang with him. I think it uh, was just special for me and it was just it was just really cool it was just really cool like you said what a match and I, I can't really do it justice I just recommend everyone watch Osprey and Naito you know the same way I probably recommended last year's match with Osprey won I recommend Naito's revenge please check that out because man it was special
0: yeah just great great stuff full of match Osprey cut a backstage promo and Officially Fishery named the IWGP US Championship as the IWGP United Kingdom Championship Yes, boy, revealing in the yeah. title belt. He revealed he's sick of carrying around the title. He had no attachment to, and now because it's the UK <laughs> version of the title, his championship. And who could argue? You know, I'm not. Like It's good. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, not arguing either. Yeah. I mean, the way the UK, the US title was just forgotten for most of the year. Why the hell not? It needed a fresh new coat of paint, if you ask me.
0: Right, so. out. But we're here, though, nine, 19. I believe we're 19 nights. August 13th, it's the final. It's Naito versus Okada for the G1 Climax 33 tournament. Uh, Apologies, my microphone's just gone as well. So, Monty, whilst I fix this out, was this the final you thought you were going to see before we get to it?
1: Uh is always a possibility to, of being in the final so I can't lie like I wasn't expecting him to be back even though he had been the last two years but having Naito in this spot along with him definitely was something that uh, you know made it even more special for me with their rivalry for all these years and just how special that that, that has been literally in my opinion the rivalry of the last five to ten years you know they've, they've inserted Omega and in, uh, and Okada and all of that, but underneath that, if it's right next to Okada and Omega, it's definitely uh, uh, Naito and Okada. So seeing them in this final just made the bow on this tournament wrap up completely. But did I think Naito would be there? I would be lying if I would say I, say I was well, confident that he was gonna be there.
0: Some of us called it back in this second match, you know, I'm just saying, say, <laughs> like, um, but anyway, that's for the final. We get an intense lock-up, reversals early. Naito tossed Okada to the floor at four minutes and did the Tranquilo poles. They fought on the ring apron where Okada hit a DDT at eight minutes. Then he whipped Naito in the guardrail. Naito barely got in the bit ring before it counted out. card immediately hit DDT and made a cocky one-foot cover on the chest. And he was loudly blued. And Shoe said, look, I'm not going to put up your shit. All right? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to put up. And again, it's good because Okada is a bit of a prick. But the crowd was loud, <laughs> and as we got into it, Naito yeah. hit a Frankensteiner out the corner for a near fall. Twenty six minutes, Okada hit a shotgun drop kick. Naito used the rope, a roll up for a near fall, then hit an insecurity. They're both down at the thirty two minute mark. Okada hit a drop kick and his landslide mission. driver. Naito went for destiny, but Akada escaped. Destiny got rolled up for a believable near fall, but it was nailed for uh, for another one. He went for a second Destinino, but Akala turned it into a side slam. Naito hit another destino, then a the third one for the pin. Yes, Naito pinned uh, Kazuchika Akala and is your G1 Climax 33 winner. The le- the rest of um, Los Inglóbalables. See, I've learned it. Sounds good, isn't it? Hey. They, came- <laughs> hey! they came to the ring for the ceremony. Semi- Ranito was handed the trophy. He got on the mic and he said he's enjoyed this year's tournament. He said, "I'm always about the now." He led down a shout of "Los Angeles, the Japan." Before the confetti cannons went off and he was covered in streamers. Now this was the loudest crowd I'd heard since COVID, uh, and man, these two did delivered. A Cardullo was the was a was a hill, and I, it was a baby face fighting from underneath. Uh, spitting in Okada's face, finally beating the Terminator. I mean, for me, it meant a lot. But for you, Monty, this must have meant even more, you know, with the story behind it.
1: Yeah, man, this is special. This is special. Like you said, finally overcoming that mountain that is Okada. He is a mountain. He is special. He is one of a kind. He is the boss character of New Japan. And, uh, you know, again, it's just so much, you know, for years, Naito has been default. You know, uh, the second guy. I think Tanahashi always tells this story about how, uh, you know, I, I forgot the particular scenario, but Okada was something was going on, and Tanahashi them you know, asked Naito why is he isn't he more involved? And Naito said, "I oh, don't worry. Okada's the number one guy. I, I will let him handle it." Basically, being so nonchalant about it because he's always kind of been second fiddle behind what okada is and you know for a lot of people like me who've been watching naito to see back in the day when he won his first g1 and how they voted against him being the main event against uh in, in the main event against okada they voted against that and they made tanahashi versus shinsuke nakamura the main event because the crowd did not like or did not want naito in that spot yet and for him to leave go to mexico come back with this new persona not really giving a damn what anyone thinks including the fans after working so hard being a baby face you know he tried this you saw this move he kept trying that he missed every time it was called the stardust press when he would flip and he would miss it the crowd goes nuts every time he tried it because that's kind of like a callback to who, what his old finisher was, what he used to do when he was a stardust destroyer, when he was a babyface. So the crowd always love it. He hasn't hit one, maybe in the, maybe in the dome, maybe one day he'll hit it. I don't know. But anyway, the point is it's been a long, long journey for Naito to the top. Even though he had, he won the G1 going, uh, in, you know, you know, a few years back and he, had the chance and he ended up he did get both titles, the IC belt and the heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom. He got his roll call interrupted by Kenza. His grandfather was there. His grandfather passed, you know, so he never really got a chance to do the what he wanted to do, which was do his roll call of his group in in the Tokyo Dome in front of his grandfather. So, you know, hopefully he can finally culminate and make that dream happen. Something he's all it's been his goal for the last, I don't know how many years to Finally, be in the main event, win his belt, and be able to do that role call in the Tokyo Dome. Injuries, all types of things have gotten in the way of that. You know, bad time losses. You know, O'Connor has gotten in the way of that. So for him to be able to beat that guy in the final, you know, and like you said, have those people who for years would boo Naito. Naito is the bad guy in this scenario. For them to realize that no Okada, we we you know we we want us an underdog to finally prevail and be Okada. We're, you know not that they're tired of Okada, but honestly, because they would have been satisfied with Okada one. But honestly, it's, it was time finally, especially with Naito probably running out of time in his wrestling career if he was gonna ever do it. Finally, climb that mountain. This was the time to do it. So yes, man, it was very special to me. If, if that long-winded answer didn't tell you, anything. <laughs> no, 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 I, I tell totally
0: you, enjoying it. Uh, So overall, at uh, 19 events, 123 G1 matches. Uh, it's going to be difficult. MVP. I'm going to do this because I'm going to say Naito is my MVP because he reminds me a lot of Yoda, right? So what, what no, no no so just so you know when Yoda just like comes walking out slowly as he does, mm-hmm. you know, and you're thinking, Oh, it's just like kind of older man walking to the ring right. mind his own business. And then when you push him and then he starts like just going fucking mental, like he didn't attack of the clothes. <laughs> like, that's for me, right. Naito. Like you have to push him to have that reaction, but once you do, you are fucking with a Jedi master. So I think Naito yeah. for me. Uh, is my MVP. Don't get me wrong, Like Shane Hayes, Hanari impressed me. I kind of knew what Finn and Alex had, but they showed what right. they got. Even someone like Yoshihashi, you know, putting in performances. So, I mean, yeah. who, would you, who would you say is your MVP of the tournament?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. It's Tetsu Naito. You know, for him, like I said, to finally overcome that mountain, you know, again, you can put Osprey's catalog of matches against anyone, but like you said, we we we, we know just how good Ospreay is. And, you know, to see at this point, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really hit. But, like, when you see Yoshihashi, when you see Tai Chi, when you see Honore, Tomatonga looked good at times in this tournament. Eddie Kingston performed well. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there was a lot of people in this tournament that did well for themselves. Yoda Suji, in my opinion, uh, is probably my favorite 3 Musketeer, And it's crazy to me because I thought, No one had a higher trajectory than Shota Umino, but I don't know, man. Suji plays cards right. Man, he can be the man in New Japan, too. You know what I'm saying? Gabriel Kidd had a really good first tournament. So... Uh, with all the debuts, and you had Kaito who represented Noel pretty well, and even you know got a chance to see Crazy Kaito again. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot, a lot of little highlights here, and I, I you know I love your shout-outs for Shane Haste and uh, you know Mikey. So yeah, man, uh, it, it was a strong tournament. There's a lot of people in this tournament, but that made for a lot of memorable moments.
0: Yeah, without that. I think match for me as well. Uh, I mean, I could be silly, but I think Will versus Naito, Showed what both men can do, and even like so when Naito, like bringing out the big moves, like the Hurricane Rodham. I'm thinking, fucking hell, you know. Like, I wasn't sure if he could do these yeah. moves, and you know, busting them out like that.
1: Yeah, I, I think a motor, like you said, a motivated Naito is one of the top five, top ten best wrestlers in the world, easily. When he's motivated, when he's on, when he's healthy, he can go with the best. I promise you, and that's why he's my favorite wrestler. Uh, he's so damn cool, like like you say about EO, Naito was another one of those guys, just so damn cool. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I will take the match with Okada again. Not that it's any better or worse than the uh, than the Osprey match. I just think, honestly, uh, I think the personal history there and just how many times Okada has been there to knock him down. It was really cool to see uh, Naito get the win. Same thing with Osprey's match with Okada for a guy a guy like Okada who usually is always gonna be. The one on top. It was cool to see his two big losses and how they how they came about. It was pretty nice, you know. Okada did a great job uh, doing a uh, putting over. And honestly, you think about what he did with Danielson, you know, uh, man. You know, Okada he's still dominant, by the way. He still beat the hell out of mostly everyone. <laughs> but he's doing a great job of finally putting over people a little bit, you know. I
0: think we've proven if the card has got 10 matches, he might lose one. Like, so, you know what I mean? Right. That's, that's the percentage he's working exactly. on at the moment. Um, so we know who like the biggest star is, like you talk about. But overall, rating for this, I mean, for me, I'm going to give it a nine and a quarter because I love the concept, but it's not as strong as the lineup last year. Because I was thinking to myself, like, Bro, was. Where, where was Filthy Tom? You know, we mentioned Lance Archer, but someone like Fred Rosser. Mm-hmm who I think might, you know, surprise a few people here. Um, Interesting time. So what's your final score for the G1?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, a nine is a really fast score, uh, I think, for this one. Uh, The result, of course, get 100 out of of 10 for me because Naito did overcome and win. But, uh, yeah, I think, honestly, as much as I love keeping up with it and finally being on top of it, the 32 format, I wouldn't be surprised if they shrink back down next year. I wouldn't be surprised if they go back down. And if they do go higher, like you said, or they stay at this number, I think we will probably uh, we would need to see some fresher faces in some of these spots. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I have no problem with uh, certain guys still being in the tournament. But maybe it is time for, uh, you know, people. Now, I will say this. We gotta stop this. I've been hearing people say Ishi, Goto. No, those guys are actually the people who are longer yeah, no, the, that, yeah. that that need to stick around. It's a couple of other people, and I know it's gonna be painful, and I'm not even gonna say any names because it's even painful for me to think about it in some cases. But it's some people who probably need to fade what fade back so we can get a Tom Lawler because I don't get it. I'm with you. Filthy Tom Lawler deserves to invite back, and that's one of them times where I'm like. Well, damn, maybe we don't need a Yano comedy match because we don't get a chance to see filthy Tom Lawler in the tournament. Yeah. But again, it's not the people who get in fault, it's the Booker's fault. I don't know why certain guys were left out, but maybe we'll see. Maybe I, I can't. I'm looking forward to see what the field looks like next year. Uh, but again, the G1 sets up Wrestle Kingdom. So we have to get through the mountain that is Wrestle Kingdom and also the rest of this year. Hell, will Nitro even survive? Because after this, Jeff Cobb challenged him because Jeff Cobb beat him. So will you know, Naito has to defend his spot now, you know. So if Naito loses to Jeff Cobb, Jeff Cobb will take his spot in the main event. I doubt he will lose it, but hey, never know.
0: Well, you never know. Like I said, and that is the interesting thing, and that's the joy about watching say New because like the concept and everything like so much fun, and yes, yeah, a hard slog, but. Like once you get into it, you, I love tournaments anyway. So once I'm into it, I'm into it. You know, right. turning back.
1: Yeah, if you don't know. like tournaments, I don't <laughs> yeah. suggest even doing it. This is the most extreme version of a term. So if you can't handle the king of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> the little single <laughs> elimination. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think you should watch this. You're <laughs> like, oh
0: my God. We've got to watch eight matches. It's like, yeah, all right. It's that it was the king of <laughs> hell. Fucking hell, must Uh um, A hundred in a month. Try that, yeah. buddy. <laughs> we did it. We did it, though. Um, as the time we talk about we are about half hour away maybe 40 minutes from just saying, right? WWE Payback which uh, is happening right. it's a very late finish <laughs> for me uh, i got an early start on the morning but it's not about me so what we're going to do slightly different just to wrap things up Payback predictions yeah. right I'm just going to run through the card Monty and then you tell yeah, me your predictions it. I'll let you know if there's anything different alright I think that's yes. enough. Okay. Uh, so we've got the Grayson Waller effect featuring Cody Rose. I will say this, and I don't know why I'm wasting more time, but I reckon <laughs> that it could be Theory and Grayson versus Cody and Cena at one point. Whether that be a payback, That'd be nice. a be SmackDown or something like that, I just feel it. So anyway, first match, LA Knight versus The Miz. Who are you going for? Uh,
1: I think LA Knight has to win this. I think this is like a measuring stick type of deal, you know, uh, with The Miz. Uh, maybe I mean if Miz can win and they keep it going, but honestly, I think that would do L.A. Knight more harm if you let this overstay as welcome, especially with the Miz's win-loss record. He just lost to Akira not too long, Akira's is out not too long ago, so L.A. Knight can't beat him even if it is with a screwy finish. That'll be disappointing. So I'm going with L.A. Knight.
0: Yes, I going L.A. Knight. If <laughs> they <laughs> do try and fuck him over, it will be a bit of a shame. Uh, the feud that keeps on giving or never ending, wherever you want to see, still cage match. Becky Lynch. Trish, Trattis. this can only go one <laughs> way, surely. You know.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I, Becky Lynch has to win. Let's get it out. Let's get it over with. Even Trish has been honest and said this this feud is going a little long. So if if the people in the feud realize that it's getting you know it's getting a little long winded, I think we should just get out of there. Let Becky win. Let's get it over with, and let Trish do whatever it is she wants to do next with uh with other talents. Uh you know, it's, it's a potential there. With plenty of the young girls, or even another more established girl on the roster. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, we're actually out. United States Championship, Ray Mysterio versus Austin Theory. This is a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, what are they going to do? Trying to get Austin's heat back or let Ray continue with the title?
1: Yeah, and, and that's one of the things. My whole thing is you didn't have to let him lose it in the first place. If the, if you if, you know what I mean, like I, I honestly, I mean maybe you thought this would breathe a new life in it to the to his run, but I don't see that happening. You know he's pretty much, uh, you know running stale as it was when Ray beat him. I think to keep it going, I think Ray should keep the belt. Honestly, let's just let us just let us theory take a break from that title and maybe do something else. Like you said, maybe even team up with Grace in a while because there'll be a nice little, uh, you know a hole tag team.
0: We'll have the Miz as their third, match. Like I said, make it. Gonna yes. Mention, gonna A little fashion, payback, maybe. But yeah. Literally, egomaniacs. Miz, Waller, uh, Theory. Right. Chucking pretty deadly. Great stuff. Uh, oh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, women's <laughs> World Women's Championship, Raquel Rodriguez versus Ray Ripley. Is this too <sighs> soon for Raquel Rodriguez? 100%
1: too soon. Uh, I don't think the way real has been booked, I just think it'll be. A, not really a disservice, but it just it just would feel weird to me when she beat up hurt and just destroyed everyone else on the roster and then Raquel, who she also hurt but you know, returns now and just beats her. I just I think it'll be a little bit too soon. And uh, you know, and then if this happens, you have to explain to me why other baby faces didn't just come right out and win. I like Cody Rhodes.
0: Well, that's what i saying. Uh, the world heavyweight championship, the world championship, Seth Rollins versus Nakamura. I got to admit, the yeah, this is tough, kind And the stuff Nakamura has been doing the past couple of weeks—it's awesome. like, why don't they try that the past couple of years? You know, yes.
1: <laughs> what took so long, right? What took so long for them to realize a video package or subtitles or you know whatever or letting the only English he has to speak be the phrases, you know, things that he, that that, that makes him, look again, I, they're doing a much better job with the way they're presenting a lot of their foreign talent now So I guess we just have to give them kudos for that. But yeah, it's crazy to me how they didn't think of this before. Like, I remember his initial heel turn. Just imagine when he first turned on AJ Styles after winning the Rumble, if you could have got presentation like this. Man, you know, who knows what Shinsuke would be now after, you know, if he just got the right booking uh, decisions. But, Honestly, my only big deal here is that as much as I would love the back to come into play and Shinsuke to actually, cause, you know, K Fade seriously hurts self and self take time off to actually get it fixed or whatever, and you use Shinsuke as a great, you know, way for self to return later. My only problem with that is, honestly, then what, what does that say about Finn Balor? Because <laughs> Finn had a perfect story built in for him to dethrone self And I just don't necessarily know why would you do do the job here, but not at SummerSlam when it would have been a bigger moment on a bigger stage and it would have been a great moment for Finn. I say Shinsuke loses even with the great presentation that he's had, even though I would love to be wrong because you know Shinsuke is the reason
0: why I even got into New Japan. So I love Shinsuke. And then finally, they're calling it like the uh, know, Philly street fight where yeah. ODQ... <laughs> I'm not even going to try it. Michael just hit that out of the park yesterday, but I can't even bother. Uh, yeah, so, no. tag team titles on the line. Sammy Zayn, Kevin Owens, Judgment Day. Yeah, this is the one, isn't it? This is the question. Right. Uh, Ray Ripley has said that you know if they don't walk out of payback with gold, Saint will change and adjust. Changes today. my health Uh What what are you from? Because this is the one. Gene has given me her predictions. This is where we've gone different. So I'm interested to see what you say.
1: Yeah, uh, honestly, man, I, I, it's tough. I honestly was thinking, kind of like in a similar vein of NXT. Sometimes they have these short core cards. Everything you think you know is going to happen, and then they have that one match that don't go the way you would expect it to go. And I think. That's I think that that's where my mind was I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's maybe that's what you have to do, judgment day and whatever, you know, should win and that's 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 probably the result. But then not only did they tease Sammy and Kevin versus the street profits on SmackDown, which come on, I mean, I would love to see that. I'd appreciate a lot of people would love to see that. And I, I just think Sammy and Kevin because of injuries, the same way some people would say they should lose the belts because the, the thing got stagnated and they got injured. I can make the case that that's a reason why they should keep the belt and actually run with it because, again, you know, all the momentum they had with, from the Usos' victory was so high. Uh, injuries and all of that stuff took place. I honestly believe that this is the one time where I think everything is going to go exactly how we think it'll go, but it'll still be a fun show. I think Sammy and Kevin will find a way to retain, even with probably some JD interference. And I think that's where it's going to happen. Yeah, JD will probably come out. Right, and he's gonna yeah. screw it up again, and Finn and Priest are gonna probably end up bickering, and we'll have to see what Rhea and, and you know decides to do after that. I don't think the group breaks up, but something is gonna change. But yeah, I just don't, I don't think this is the time to get get the belts off Kevin and Sam.
0: No, I agree with you. Gene has gone for Judgment Day, so again, it could either or. Like, it can go either way, or, man. Out, you can see that. What I might say here is that if Rhea is saying that Judgment Day have to leave with gold, what are the chances, especially if this is a show yes. not many people expecting a lot, mm-hmm. um, if Priest does, in fact, you know, right. cash in at the end of the show. Oh, that hurts Seth, Seth Rollins. you've got yes. Judgment Day with the gold and Balor and JD. Even though I would rather have Balor and JD in the Judgment Day, I can mm-hmm. s- do you know what I mean? Again... Uh, if that's the case of something happening in that way, so be it. But say it has to change soon. I think we're Day, right. today the story. Like, you know, we talk about a bloodline. We'll leave that alone for now. But like, <laughs> the judgment, it's. I, I don't know how many more times I can see that briefcase being involved in matches. Oh my know? goodness.
1: Like, come like, on. It, 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 yes. <laughs> They just can't get it together, you know. And then for some reason, Priest keeps trying to slide it or toss it. It's just like, Priest, just walk up to it and hand it to him at this point, man. Like, what the hell? But, yeah, I agree. I agree. They can't keep doing this. They can't keep playing this game. At some point, Finn and Priest are either going to just have to split up or something's great is going to have to happen for all of them. They make up. That's They're going to have to get it over with.
0: Shit or get off the pot. That's what we say. Uh, Exactly. But that is it for today, I think. That's finished. For Now, don't worry, payback. Whew. We will bring you payback next weekend. Like I said, it's been a hell of a show to try and fit in the legacy of Bray Wyatt, Terry Funk. Oh, uh, my Talk about CM Punk news and cover the G1 whilst doing payback predictions. We've got another show tomorrow, which is all going to be about all in and CM Punk as well. Payback will be next week and all outs in two weeks' time. So there is plenty to talk about, so we'll leave it there for now. Don't forget, across all social media. Twitter at WNR Podcast Summit at WNL Jr. You can find the entire WNR team on the Twitter banner. Mon- Monty, where can people find and listen to you, sir?
1: Yes, you can go, like you said, on, on the WNR Twitter banner and go to Monty mymontypod, click the link in my bio. You can go to my latest podcast, basically where I broke down every night of the G1 uh, Climax, and I mean every single night, every match pretty much and i then i and I was there if you want more in depth uh thought process from from what I thought of each individual match, then yeah, you can go back and check that out and I'm and with all the wrestling news that's been going on, maybe my next show will probably just be a recap of just all the crazy stuff that's been going on. <laughs> You know, it's just a that's basically what my notes are at this point, just a list of headline after headline after headline. So we'll see what when that when I'll be able to get that one out. But uh until then just keep up with me at my Monty Pod on Twitter.
0: Yeah, and another thing to do as well for people listening, if you want more G One like you said, you can always listen to this pod and after we finish Night One Night Two, go listen to Monty's actual review of it and then you'll be able to extend your G One listening pleasure to probably about the 20-hour mark. Uh, but it's going <laughs> worth it. double also on Facebook, Instagram, of course, all good platforms. Send us an email at double com. YouTube, double Podcast, with latest clips and posts at the same time on YouTube. as do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify, and iTunes, we you can download, subscribe, break, and review there. So that is it. Like I said, our next episode tomorrow is AEW All-In Review, where we should be joined by the entire team. But until then, I've been James Roland, and was joined by the mind of Monty. Thank you very much, Monty. Not only for sitting by my side through NXT and all this lot, but to to get me into New Japan, and then having to be that guy that's asking you all these weird questions. And hopefully, in a couple of years, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna be your New Japan equal because you are the deity. But maybe <laughs> I know a, a lot more, like I have learned the past couple of years. You know.
1: Yes, sir. It's always fun. Like I said, it's been great to see not only your growth in knowledge, your your growth in name pronunciation. Also, <laughs> yeah. it's just the more you watch, the the better you have gotten. So I'm very proud to uh, lead you on this journey. And yeah, man, we'll see. Man, you never know. Man, a couple G ones, from now you'll be telling me who guys are.
0: <laughs> I, d- I doubt that, sir. <laughs> but uh, like I said, that is it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, bye.